Friday night and we're in fucking Queens. Isn't it about time for somebody's favorite radio program? Live from the garage. I can't do it. I can't do a radio show. Will you please play the old sports song? My goal in life is to like break out of prison and open for Van Halen. There's a fridge full of this monster's grape soda if anybody wants some. When I'm not picking on my gut, I'm listening to that Midwest, fucking Europe, I don't give a fuck. Get the fuck out. This is my show. I said, oh, R. I A M. That's my name from the other end. Hey, everybody, this is Conan Neutron. No, you just suck on it. Fuck the audience. The What's your favorite radio station? Live from the garage. Look at the cycle logs into this shit. <laughs> don't drink Seagram's Escapes. One pound feet. It's gonna ever keep me down. Live. From the barrage. I saw the Grateful Dead twice. You are listening to Live from the Barrage. For some reason, this reminds me of when Slim Goodbody came to my school. You are full of shit. Let me do my show, for Christ's sake. I have a great story. Makes sense to me. <laughs> What's wrong with you, people? John Hulan, fuck you. Yeah. Yeah. It's fucking cold. Hell yeah. Holy shit. You know, I wasn't, ex- uh. wasn't expecting that shot at Jameson. To be chilled. To be chilled. Of course, it's gonna be chilled. Why wouldn't you expect? It's like I, it's twenty degrees know. out. I don't know. We're chilled. <laughs> I, I find the whiskeys way better chilled myself. Sir, I, I, I like I'd like a whiskey to be uh, room temperature. But uh, what is it? The is that that's the Jameson Caskmates? Is that the one that's the bourbon barreled one? Yeah, it's aged in like a beer barrel or something. I don't know. Well, let me see that bottle. <laughs> <laughs> Tastes pretty good. I'll get you beer barrel. <laughs> it's I. No, you won't. <laughs> it's cold. Uh, aged in craft beer barrels, stout edition. Yeah, it tastes good. It's smooth. It's got a smooth taste to it. Thank you. And uh, thank you, our friends at Jameson. I hate when they refer to like whiskeys and drinks as editions. You know, it's a book thing. It's not a drink thing. Right. Conan is right. It's, 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 we call that in the industry free cooling, Conan. You save on refrigeration. <laughs> free cooling. Welcome back to Live from the Barrage. And, uh, what We're not trying Eddie, to be cool, I, 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 I want to cock punch everybody that says Jameson's. Jameson's? Jameson's? Jameson's. Jameson's. How about Jamo, bro? Jamo's the worst. Don't say Jamo. <laughs> Jamo. We, we changed the bottle in our bar to, to read Jamo. It's like house, like the well whiskey. Like, you mean this shit, bro? Vote for it says Cuomo. Jamo. Vote for Cuomo, not the yeah. Jamo. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, thank you, Tree Void and the uh, fantastic show Preemptive Strike, which uh, preempts this show. <laughs> Funnily enough. And uh, we're back live from the barrage right here on Radio Nope. Hi, everyone. Thank you for joining us. We appreciate it. And we're f- it's 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 fucking cold. It's I mean, nice you know, episode it, brought to you by layers. Yeah, you got to layer the slayer, and uh, that's exactly what we're doing tonight. As Woody would say, since he uh, I steal all his catchphrases, apparently. He's genius. <sighs> yeah, it's cold. <laughs> it's eight oh three. Why don't we tell? Why don't we tell our listeners how we prepared layer wise for the show? Oh, yeah, that'll be fun. Sure, I will. Do <laughs> it, John. Oh, what? I, I have many layers of clothes on. I don't know. I have two pairs of long johns of pajamas, and then my jeans, and then I have four, uh, three pairs of socks and my winter boots. I have many layers of uh, torso coverings, <laughs> and none of these things. Makes a difference because my hands are fucking freezing. Right, I have two right, pairs of gloves on one and, the, and, a, and a glove on the other with the fingers because I need the fingers. I need the fingers free to operate the show. You got to make drops. Right. Gotta make, <laughs> right. They say- I got to make hilarious drops like this Hi. and this. <laughs> Without which the show would fall apart. I just got turned on to your yeah. groovy melodies. I'm ho- I hope you're happy because my hands are freezing. Well, you know, they say it's the extremities, the hands, the feet, and the head. Yeah. I couldn't find the Eddie Pepitone station ID where he says, <laughs> it's live from the garage, and oh my God, is it cold out here? 
was just looking for that at the last minute. I couldn't find it. Thank you, Conan, for fixing the issue of us going on at 801 or 802, whatever it was. Conan's on, on the on the, uh, on the the case, man. He's helping out. Thanks, and Conan. It's a very tenuous relationship. I try not to make him mad. Like, And then he, he'll say something to me about like the dead air last week after the show. And I try to, like, uh, you know, we both try to, I think, toe a line now curb where your, we don't, well, curb your hostility we're, we're always like a hair away from getting to a full-blown like screaming match i think no. and you know, we've been avoiding it it's great we've well, been doing good well, the story is we don't really know we don't really know how to do it right yet <laughs> to switch over yeah uh we got some weather reports coming in from all over the chat box it's a tree void in uh greeley colorado 50 degrees a nice 50 degrees we got a cone in 64 there in oakland california screw so, you <laughs> <laughs> it's not you know i, I mean i I, I, don't know. I feel okay Whatever. What does that Budweiser temperature thing say over there? What a temperature thing? What do you call that? A thermometer. <laughs> Could you dumb it down a shade? The, the, old, the old mercury dial, eh? Where, where's the old mercury dial reads what? What is that instrument over there? I hate those thermometers. You can't read them. Yeah. It's uh, it's it's accurate. It says 22. 22? There you go. See, the more people that show up, the the, the nicer the nicer it will get in here. Hopefully, uh, <laughs> uh, we're, here, we're here with Patrick Walsh, Jody Shapiro, and Brian Musikoff. What's going I, on, guys? Hey, I have more uh, more positive Long Island Railroad karma story for you. Oh, do you? Let me just say that Tommy is on his way, and Ryan is also going to be late. And let me also say before you start that that today is a big day in life from the Barrage history. Oh, today yeah. at nine o'clock p.m. Eastern Time, about uh, about an hour from now. We will have we'll be intervie- interviewing C.J. Ramon of the Ramones. How about that? All right. Yeah. Yeah. I wish I could clap. clap. No, we, we can't. We can't applaud. We're all applauding with gloves on. I have a little leather pads here. Oh God! Don't lick the mic. You'll stick to it. Like a kitten. The great C.J. Ramon. I can't wait. This is going to be fun. Frozen to death by then. I'm very nervous. Yeah, I can't wait for that call. Why are you nervous? I'm not actually. He's a normal dude. I'm not. I'm more cold than nervous. Yeah. Everyone's everyone's fine. I don't know. I'm not nervous actually. I'm not. It shouldn't be. I mean, do you like the Ramones? No, not really. I didn't think but... you did. Yeah, of <laughs> my favorite band. Dig. I know. <laughs> trying to familiarize myself with their catalog. Just saying it for the audience. It's my favorite band of all time. Hey, the what's Ramones. Your, here's a question. What's your Before he calls in, what's your favorite song this week? Mine's different. Uh, Commando what? this week. No, no, me too. Really? Yeah. Nice. <laughs> Sorry to scream. I swear, <laughs> me too. <laughs> yeah, this week it's Commando. Sometimes it's Today Your Love, Tomorrow the World. Sometimes yeah, it's... Yeah, Commando. So, Sheen is a punk. You're so shotsy. Yeah, it keeps going. So what is, what happened to you on the Long Island Railroad? By the way, people who don't know, Brian travels here all the way from New Jersey. It's not all the way. It's only about, like, if I catch, if I connect trains right, it's door to door. It's about 40, 45 minutes. Really? It's not, it's not bad. Bullshit. It takes me an hour to get to work, and I work on the Upper West Side. Uh-uh. From door to door. No, I catch the seven, I catch, like, the six-something path, which takes <laughs> My me. My beer is slush. There's <laughs> nuggets of ice in it. Yeah. It's like the Revenant in here, whatever that movie is. <laughs> We're gonna fight a bear live on the air. <laughs> I wish this show was like the movie The Revenant. And if I was Leonardo DiCaprio, I wouldn't say anything for the first two hours. I could just grunt. grunt. <laughs> I haven't seen. Have you guys seen it? Yeah, I saw it. I, I have not. But I, I like I all that outdoorsy shit. So uh, me too. I like. Now ahead. it's not. Uh, it's historical fiction, right? It's not like a Lewis and Clarky. Real life thing. No, it's based on a it's it's based on a true story, but yes. I don't know how much they have embellished it. For, they take liberties. Okay, yeah. so they it's do. historical fiction, uh, right? I Correct. And what are you thinking about? Like eighteen ten, eighteen twenties, maybe 20, something okay. like that. Uh, Montana, Dakotas kind of area. 
Lots of bear fights? I'm thinking, I uh, just one. <laughs> you know, that grizzly, it took. <laughs> that grizzly Adams scene as a kid on, on the Disney show ruined me for life. Yeah. <laughs> Rest in peace. I'm scared. Yep, I'm scared of bears. I want to hear your uh, train story. Oh, uh, yeah, well, it's, it's a karma story. <laughs> All right, send a bear into attack. No, karma story. So the, uh, the train before mine was canceled. Meaning Train that, Karma, Karma with, with Brian, Brian Musicals. Musical. Weekly. So, uh, yeah, the train before mine's canceled. So the passengers in the train that I caught, the 714, is doubled up. The fucking railroad? Yeah. They suck. So, yeah, whatever. It's, Dude, my train got canceled the other day. All right, 15 hey. minutes isn't going to kill me. So, uh, But as a result, the train's doubled up and everyone's jockeying for seats. And, uh, you know, it happened within like the first minute. Everyone bum rushes the door the minute they announce what track you're on. So... I saw one seat that was open between two passengers. Those who have never ridden the railroad before, there's seats that are three across. So just like an airplane, there's a seat in the middle. And uh, so I asked the two passengers if I could take it. And the kid had his bag there in the middle. And he rolled his eyes at me. And I'm like, listen, man, you got to move your bag. I just need to sit. Train's full. And he's like, So I took his bag and I put it up on the rack. You mean where the bags are supposed to go? Where the bag's supposed to go. He's a young guy. It looked like he was coming back from college or something. So... He huffed and puffed and stood up. He's like, no, 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 I'll move. So he got up and he, he just left the, he left the seats and started walking. And there's a little old lady who had the first seat closest to the aisle. She had to get up again. She was pissed. But he took off. He left. So I took his window seat. He certainly showed you. Right, right. Okay, well, whatever. So I knew it was going to happen. The train gets flooded and more people come on and someone takes the middle seat. So now there's the old lady on the aisle a new guy in the middle of me on the window. Right. And sure enough, three minutes later, he can't find a seat and he comes walking back again. And this little old lady thought it was the best thing in the world. She's laughing and she's giving me a high five. <laughs> that is Long Island Railroad karma. Karma. Long Island Railroad karma. Oh, with with Ryan Ryan I have seen. <laughs> <laughs> you, just, you just totally faded in commitment to that. Yeah, I totally did. I, I just it wasn't worth it. <laughs> the, story, the story itself was a faded commitment. You're like, yeah, 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 whatever. <laughs> Uh, yeah. The other day, I'm on this on the subway, and this guy's sitting there with legs crossed and his bag on the seat, and he, I'm just like seething. And I'm like, and I'm thinking about how like I'm angry about something stupid like that. Like I want to <laughs> choke this fucking guy. I really do. I want to kill him. So my whole plan is to get off and kick him in the legs, like because he's got his legs crossed, blocking that so- side uh, of the aisle. Passive aggressive. Yeah, I'm gonna totally passive aggressive. Just give him the leg sweep my way out and start kicking. Like oh, I'm gonna kick air, and if you get in the way, that's your own fault. <laughs> and. <laughs> All of a sudden, my, the train stops at 42nd Street, and it's like, oh, this train's going express to Chamber Street, and it totally skips Penn Station, which goes, gets out on the opposite side. Oh. My whole plan was fucked up. I got confused. I jumped off the train, <laughs> and I never got my revenge. Oh. Fuck you, guy, if you're listening, which I know you are, you piece of shit. He's a big fan. He a bag on the seat and crossed legs with a yeah. big smug fucking screlly look on his fucking face. Oh. That guy is. That's exactly the look that I got today from this fucking prick. But, you know, he got his. He, he stood and he didn't even get off. He probably went all the way out to like <laughs> the last stop uh, of standing. Carlin Reed, I'll tell you how long the train rides are. Carlin Reed on the chat box. Uh, my Long Island Railroad ride to uh, the city. Penn Station from my house is about 20, it's supposed to be 22 minutes. So yeah. twenty anywhere from 20 to 25 minutes, depending on, uh, you know, sometimes they go through that tunnel quick and I'm there in like 20 minutes. I'm yeah. like, what the hell's the difference? And then sometimes it's 25. Right. Hey, John, I mean, it's eight. I John, eight minutes. Eight, eight <laughs> minutes from Pat's house to the city. Well, uh, my subway ride is about, you know, seven or eight minutes probably from yeah. where I work to, to like five stops. Unfortunately, then you get out and you're in Penn Station. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. God. Right. John, I forgot to tell you there's a silver lining to my story. Oh, Aside from the kid not getting a seat and having to stand the whole fucking ride. 
the conductor never came around and took my ticket. So I got a Love free it. ride, That's bitch. The best. Best. <laughs> Didn't it even have to, to hide in the time. men's room. Yeah. I love it when I, that do I do I have to take out my badge and, and it's never, report you to my superior? Well, uh, the, well, fair re- well, well, Jody, report the employee. No, wait, Jody. The ticket was purchased. So I'll be using it again. Yeah, I know. I'm just. So, I, I just got away with murder. It was today. a joke. Well, the good thing is and that it's um, funnier when I have to explain the joke. I have a uh, I have a ten trip. So when I get a, get away with a free ride, no, like, that's awesome. I love totally when that like happens a, with it, the, oh, it rules. Yeah, John, with the commuter passes. I got the ten trips and they last me months. <laughs> John, did you ever eat the ten trip all in one? On one tab? What? <laughs> Did I ever eat all the t- ten tabs at the same at time? At the same time? Dude, I was fucking, I was flying on that railroad. I was going nuts. Uh, Tommy and Ryan showing up at the same time. Well, this is their theme. Amazing. <laughs> and then I got a, I got the opposite of a free ride the other day. Fucking, I got totally fucked. Yeah, fucked you got, ride. You got oh, taken for the ride. You got taken for a no, ride. No, I, I, the machine didn't take, it wasn't work. And then I went to the other machine, and the sun was shining right on the screen. I couldn't see anything. <laughs> and I don't even know. Maybe the ticket came out, and I jumped on the train, and I told the guy. And usually, if you get a guy who's cool, he'll be like, ah, oh, you know, I, I understand. You're like, the machine's broken. It really was. This guy was like, oh, the best I could do for you is he charged me 13 fucking dollars. What? Okay, I didn't know. What is the surcharge if you don't have it? Oh, like, more than 100%. I didn't know that. It's, it's completely it's illegal. 15%. Highway robbery. So I, I got to mail that in. I'm mailing it in. You know what? Oh, I'm mailing it in. <laughs> You know what, John? I, I will tell you who to send it to in adjudication so that you can get your money back. Who's that? Well, I'm not t- saying it on the air. Why not? Because I can't. Is it Phil? It's no. Phil, isn't it? <laughs> I knew it was Phil. John, you should have just <laughs> hit. Even when it wasn't Phil, I knew it was Phil. Yeah. You should have just hid in the bathroom. That's right. No, they're on to you when you hide in the bathroom. You were lucky that night, but uh, that's the first place they check, you know. In, uh, yeah. in high school, a friend of mine used to uh, pull the hide in the bathroom move to go for you. He, he could go, uh, go one stop, and uh, they copped on to him. And, uh, so, so they started locking him in the bathroom, and <laughs> awesome. taking him to the end of the line. <laughs> Listen, the bathroom is the last place you're allowed to hang out without people bothering you. Fuck you, checking the bathroom, bullshit. Well, what about the cops that can wake you up on the subway? I mean, they they're always they were always allowed to wake you up if they thought you were sleeping like a you know a homeless sleeping right. person. Yeah. But now because uh, De Blasio is all got his panties in a twist about people getting robbed on the subway. He he issued this edict to NYPD that anyone who's sleeping can be roused by a police officer and yes. should be. Right. And I'm like, fuck you. This I enjoy my 10-minute nap on the G train every night. Is, <laughs> Don't fucking wake me yeah, up. Yeah, he's not only doing that. He's uh, Today he comes out with uh, that if you re- if resisting arrest will be a felony instead of a misdemeanor. Fucking so, asshole. Ooh, I mean, so now uh, it's such a gray good. area. Every time a cop arrests somebody, if there anything happens, they, resisting arrest is automatically tacked on. And now you're going to be charged with a felony. It's that's a that's, that's fucked bullsh- up. Ranger score two to two. <laughs> that is bullshit. That's bullshit as cold as the barrage. That went into effect today. Well, I don't know if it's in effect. Oh. I think I, he might. I, I think I don't know what kind of authority he has <laughs> to make a misdemeanor a felony. But you know, they're saying usually the DAs know that like this is the deal, and they're like cool about it. And now he's like lobbying the DAs to not be cool about it too. So there you go. <laughs> Could you guys be less cool? Country. Yeah, be less cool. Throw, throw everybody All right, in jail. I'm, I'm Bill Bratron. Be less cool about every it. Time you, every time you twitch, you go to jail now. <laughs> I mean, that's that's pretty crazy, man. Yeah, What's well, up? it's dangerous too because resisting arrest is something that they can just tack on to any anything that you get yeah. caught for. You know, if you say if they say I, you're under Boston, arrest right? and you say no. That's resisting resisting arrest. Stop resisting.
Oh my god, Jay! <laughs> What's that, Bill B- Bratron? Oh my god, Jay! What's up, fellas? What's up, Tommy? How you doing? Good. Hi, how you doing? Hi, Tommy. <laughs> hey. Hey, good get tonight. You're charged Tommy. with resisting Thanks, arrest. Oh my god! What the <laughs> fuck is that, bro? <laughs> it's a baby wheel! <laughs> M- mortified Lyle's poor daughter last week. With the- <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh that was great. Like, listen in, honey. Was like, oh, yeah. fucking hell, Jay! This listener te- texts me. She's like, oh, and I didn't see the text till like after the first hour of the show. She's like, oh, I'm going to let the kids listen in tonight. Hope, uh, you know, <laughs> I'm, g- I'm taking a chance. And it was like the cursiest show in history. <laughs> You guys wouldn't believe what I just saw, like pulling up here. I, I'm underneath the. Was L- it a baby whale? Was it, was it my truck? <laughs> it was a baby wheel. <laughs> yeah, that too. No, I was under the LIEs and fucking. I'm sitting there. It's just, a baby fucking wheel, man. <laughs> frozen, and I'm just looking at the traffic going by me on the surface. So the fucking DeLorean from Back to the Future drives by me. What? Nice. And I'm not talking about some guy who owns a DeLorean. I'm talking the flux capacitor, the whole fucking thing. Uh, no way. No, yeah. you know there's a whole Around community here? of yeah. people who have done that to their DeLoreans. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. They're yeah. Called there's, there's dorks. <laughs> 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 Tommy, the whole community of dorks. <laughs> there's jaw dropped. <laughs> yeah, Tommy. There's a documentary about that. Is that really? Yeah, yeah. yeah it's called so, Dorks is that, <laughs> on Parade. I forgot what it's called. So, Oh, you know what I was watching last night, Pat, that you might be interested, you're probably already hip to it, is the, you know, the awesome Canadian television show How It's Made, obviously. Of course I do. And uh, now they have How It's Made uh, about cars. Really? And it's, uh, they did a, they did a Porsche one, I caught the tail end, and they did a Camaro one. Yeah, I saw the Porsche one. Sounds like Top Gear. It's like, no, it's just, it's how, you know how it's made, Tom, you ever watch that show? No, I no, haven't. Yeah, they just show you how it's made. Sure. It's I no frills. The there was a... There's just a dude talking, it's, it's very just, yeah. low key, and then uh, it, it, it was it was fucking cool. It's fucking cool, Jay. <laughs> and uh, I thought you'd be into it, so I thought I'd uh, recommend that to you. Nice. Well, thank you. <laughs> yeah, <for your laughs> he was, he was, talk he was talking to me, Tom, but okay. <laughs> oh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> this week on How It's Made, <laughs> Baby <Tommy> Wheels. Tommy always thanks people for me. Bag of potato chips with Chewbacca on the front. Because if you recall the Chew Popper episode, <laughs> it's roaring with flavor. <laughs> oh. Sea salt. Can we stop with the sea salt on everything? For fuck's sake. Ranger score again. I want iodine. Three in a row, L.A. Fuck right. you. Zook. Zook. Uh, yeah, so that I thought you'd be... And right after that, they have another show. It's like how it's made, but the guy's way more aggressive. <laughs> how the you fuck fucking yeah, tell yeah, me yeah. how I'll this is made. I'll tell you how it's made. <laughs> you tell me how this is made right now. It's it, and the first the reason I started watching it was because uh, the first one was safes, like big, huge safes, mm. safes, right? Not sa- yeah, safes. Yeah, I'm with you. Safes. And uh, I was kind of interested in the locking me- mechanism, but they didn't get too into it. They just like this guy's like, and that's how you keep your stuff could safe. Be, could, be, could be trade secret. Yeah, they first, they show the guy how they bend the metal and everything into a cube. <laughs> I love all that stupid <laughs> shit. <laughs> and it's I'm like an idiot. every and they they just I you know what the show I think started because somebody figured out how to do like a cool exploded drawing graphics of the machines. <laughs> that was and the they they play it like every two seconds they explode the safe out so you see all the parts. Oh, years, probably right? probably like the the president of the network's kid right. or something <laughs> figured like, out something. Looks like a Frank Miller <laughs> illustration. Watch as these guys bend the metal into a cube. <laughs> Is this about my cube? How the fuck did they make that? I'll fucking tell you. <laughs> Where do I see these shows? What channel are they on? Uh, I forget. Like, That'd be Discovery. I would say Discovery. Oh. Learning yeah. channel. Yeah, I flip between that and the show about these stunads in Texas catching grouper, which I never saw before. It's the dumbest thing you've ever seen. There's a grouper before. catching show now, Yeah, they too? long line for grouper, and it's like these... Oh, my God. St- but the guy, the guy who like, owns the fish company looks like... Uh, 
the captain from Cabin Boy yeah. with the beard. Yeah. Yeah. Here's how I am. the coach from Major League, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Want to learn some fisherman's Greek? And I like that. I like that about <laughs> the guy. Speaking of uh, television networks, I'm doing a gig tomorrow for TNT. You know, you guys know that guy? I know the ACDC Mr. song. Mr. TNT. I hope it's indoors. It uh, is. Ted Turner? Yeah, that one. That's will, you, the one. will you be eating bison? <laughs> no, I, it's uh, it's for the NBA All-Star Game, so we're going to be ah, printing okay. up the merch for uh, for those dudes ah, tomorrow. Yeah, nice. Well, almost had a Poison done. Idea gig for you. It's, it's oh, really? Two, two last minutes. You know the guys from Poison Idea? Well, Chris Pierce is on tour. With them. Oh, oh really? Yeah. Hey, get on that, man. Yeah, man. Good deal over there. After the tour. Talk to Poison Idea. Oh, yeah. Isn't When's that NBA All-Star game? It's coming up like a couple days from Sunday. now. Look Sunday. Your, check your invoice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the NBA? Yeah. There's, there's an All-Star uh, break. Last right. year's All-Star game. Are uh, you telling me, Tommy, there's an All-Star break in basketball? I'm, I ha- there has to be. Amazing. Last year's All-Star game was in uh, Brooklyn, and somebody... Someone of the promotions people gave out their phone number the wrong way, and it was my phone number. They switched two numbers from their Whoa. number. They gave out letters. I woke up. I woke up at six o'clock in the morning to go to work. I turn on my phone, and all of a sudden, Bing, 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 Bing. bing. There's like twenty million text messages, and I'm like, "Who the uh, fuck is texting me at six o'clock?" Free in the burrito. Free burrito. No, it free wasn't. Burrito. It wasn't that. You're it was spot. <laughs> I knew it. I knew that. As you picked that one. But it, it, it was. It was like, "Hey, can't wait to see you later," you know, or "Can you get me tickets for this thing, the the shoot around?" And I'm like. Right. What is going See, on? That's when you have to start trolling everybody. Yeah, like, yeah, you, you know, show up, it. meet me outside the Barclays Center in the parking lot at six thirty, and I'll hook you up. Well, but what's worse was that it started I'll be dressed to like become, a police officer. Yeah, bring cocaine and hand it to me. It started to become people calling me. So, like, I'm trying to take a shower to get ready to work, and the phone is ringing, and, and people are saying, "Oh, you know, so and so told me to call you." And I'm like, "I'm sorry to tell you this, but." I am not the person that you think I am, and I just I just want to go to work, please. Right. You know? This is Charles Barkley, yeah. actually. I have no. That's actually one of the <laughs> one of the shirts we're doing. We're doing a Barkley shirt. Oh, really? Yeah, what yeah. is the shirt? He's like? awesome. It's actually, believe it or not, it's a picture of a donut with a bite taken out of it. it just says Charles Barkley on it. <laughs> what? Makes, what? Makes I sense. swear to God. <laughs> okay. It's so weird. That's because. Oh, and, and, and there's another one. I said, I'm not making this up. It's a fucking practice, man. It's a piece of fried chicken, and it just says shack on it, right? You're kidding. I swear right. to God. Chicken, chicken shack. You're not making this up. I'm right? not making this up. Okay. And then there's, the, who's this guy? Kenny Aronoff. No. <laughs> Great drummer. Old-timey old announcer guy for the NBA. Was Ken something or other? Kenny Albert? Maybe No. Some other He's group. not that old. He's not that old. And then there's one more guy. Um, someone called, like, the Jet or the Plane or something like that. He's got a nickname. <laughs> <laughs> Christ. W-J-E-T, the plane. I don't fucking watch that shit. The, the Concord. You're listening to W-J-E-T, the plane on Hartford's own classic rock. I got to get a better effect. This is, echo is not working for them. We don't have pedals for that. fussed with it last week. Don't they have, like, pedals for soundboards you can use? Let's try this one. Hey, you son of a bitch. You're on the jet. You're flying with the jet. Somebody accosting Charles Barkley in a bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Barkley, can I have a selfie? My can you sign my donut shirt? <laughs> my penis is out. Sign my donut shirt. <laughs> Ryan just turned it off. <laughs> <laughs> Fully messed up. I was trying to help. Him. I don't know who approved that Shaq shirt, but they should be shot. Dude, that's... it's fucked up. I opened up the, the EPS file and I was like, oh my God. Yeah, that's all kinds of wrong. Oh, yeah, maybe it's a food theme, like it the is, donut, the chicken. It's the for th- Thrillist. Our buddies at Thrillist, they're sponsoring the whole thing. Yeah, so. I guess who's oh. going to get blamed? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're looking at it. You sure it's not racist? Yeah. <laughs> on Gothamist on Monday morning. Look at these racist t shirts from know, the All Star You know game. that's going to happen. You know. I heard when they confronted him for the hate crime, uh, he resisted arrest. Because <laughs> salon.com right. just explodes. <laughs> 
<laughs> I'll, I'll try to get you guys some samples. So if you guys walk around with shirts that say Shaquille O'Neal with a fried chicken. Yeah, uh, no, 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 that's all right. I like my I'll life. Pa- I'll take a pass. I, I like living it. Yeah. <laughs> what is this lethal weapon? Uh, <laughs> Not lethal, uh, lethal weapon? No. Uh, pass. <laughs> pass. Pass. <laughs> Did you hear about this um, diehard vaping congressman? Did yeah. you hear about this bus that elephant who could drive that uh, crashed uh, going to Mohegan Sun this week? It was uh, no. left out of Flushing. Yeah. It was a tour bus going to Mohegan Sun that yes. left out of Flushing. Would it flip uh, over? It, it, it flipped over on I ninety five. They crash all the time. They're these cheap buses that leave from like Chinatown that. or Flushing. Yeah. Right. Right. So uh, it was. I was watching the news the other night. They were talking about it, and the uh, they were interviewing the EMT guy, and he says. Uh, yeah, I thought it was going to be a lot worse than it was, but uh, only six people got hurt, and uh, all the and it's I swear to God, I thought he said, and uh, all the Asians were able to walk off the bus on their own power. <laughs> I'm like, what? Huh? And I rewound it, and it's like five times it sounded like he said that, and then I realized all the he, Asian guys walked he said, up the bus. Patience. Oh, patience. Uh, <laughs> but he was talking so fast. Patience. I thought that's that was what your, he said. Just was your white guilt kicking? Yeah, in. exactly. That's ridiculous. <laughs> well, Asian. Yeah. You had to take another pass. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. Say what you're thinking. Cat oh. got your tongue tonight? Music off? What's going on? It's Cat frozen to your, your blessings. Call in 718-577-2716. You're listening to Live from the Broad here on Radio Nope. Time and temperature, it is uh, 825 and 20 fucking million below zero. Oh, shit, dude. This reminds me. I got a story for you guys. All right. I, um, <laughs> Gather around, children. <laughs> <laughs> Gather around the fire. I got a pretty sick station ID last night. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. But how it came about, it's pretty whacked. Um, <laughs> how do I explain it? Okay. Why so, wouldn't it be? <laughs> I've been, uh, I've, so I've been like, you know, I'm single now, so I'm kind of dating scene and like hanging out and checking out these apps and whatnot. <laughs> oh, they're called you. women, not you, apps. Uh, if you could see my face right now, <laughs> you've been swiping left and right. Yeah, I've been, I've been doing the Tinder thing. You know, it's cool. But then I was hanging out with this right, 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 right. <laughs> <laughs> hanging out with this friend of mine, and um, he's kind of in like the steampunk. Scene. In a wide net, Jay. He's in the st- steampunk scene. You guys know the steampunk scene? Okay. Yeah, these are the guys who like yes. dress up in leather and copper pipes oh, and stuff. It's like, yeah, it's like it's like 1850. Dirigibles right. for all. Right. It's like. Mad Max for dorks. But right. Right. They all they have like somebody who's got bagpipes, right? So, brass gears in their laptops. Earlier this week, he's telling me about this app that he's the date, and there's actually like a date app for that scene, and it's called Tinker instead of Tinder, which is like this. Oh Jesus! Yeah, H it's, Christ! <laughs> it's crazy. right. So it's like nerds who like to like to build these uh these old timey steam powered machines, right? They right. Tinker with stuff. There's like a whole world of that. Correct. Yeah. If people are pairing up, why is it bad? Well, I don't know. It's good. Except the th- I. So how how far into the scene are you? Well, I, I, do, you have, do you have your costume? Well, yet? I jumped into it. You know, just yeah, to check your goggles. Oh, jumped into it. You know, <laughs> you have your goggles and shit. It's a lot of layers of skirts yeah. going on there. And uh, there there's some fucking funny fucking people on there. I got to tell you, but uh, here we'll take the call. Here. <laughs> Wait, what's going on? Pass. <laughs> Hello, you're on the air, sir. You're on the air. Please tell me the phones are working. Hi, right, you're on the air. Hey, CJ. Uh oh. <laughs> yeah, right. That'd be bad. He took the music off pass, see? Hmm. Hey, somebody else call the show, make sure it works. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, right. We'll do the test. I heard there's one uh, specifically for Back to the Future Dorks called Out of Time. Thank you. <laughs> oh, so, nice. So, so I fucking, I start, I start checking it out and I, I connect with a girl and, you know, she's not that too, she's not too steampunky. She's like pretty cool. And so we start hanging out. <laughs> <laughs> That's a bad opener. Yeah, she's way into it. Up, oh. so we. Uh, so that was that. Hello, you're on the air. 
Yes. Not me. Oh, there you go. Is that coming through your lab? This is Radio Nope. Ah, there, yeah, there we, we go. So we got you. Hello. Thank God. Hi. Yes. How, hey, how are you, sir? what's going on, guys? How you doing? How you doing? What are you doing tonight? Nothing much. Who's calling? Well, you got some uh, somebody from the Ramones on? We do. Uh, yeah, that's right. We do. You bet. Uh, that sounds good. That sounds rad, man. Cool, man. Thanks. I appreciate it. We're very excited yeah. about it. Yeah. So do you guys give away tickets or something? Yeah, uh, we have two tickets to Eddie Money um, for at the Barclays Center for tomorrow night. For Eddie Money? Yeah, you won. Eddie Money? Yeah. Well, what do you want tickets for? I don't know. You got Miley Cyrus tickets? Yeah, I got everything you want, buddy. Come over here and meet me at, uh, <laughs> in about 10 minutes. I heard she's going to blow herself up on tour. That's true. <laughs> John, John. At, the, at the last uh, show of the... Um, at the last show on tour, she's going to blow herself up <laughs> on stage. I have uh, I have uh, Tava. Hey, John, you better have my Earth Wind. No, where's, where's John? Is John around or no? Yeah, I'm here. How's it going? Oh, this is you. How you doing, man? Good. How, How you, you been? Good. You're All right, good. Yourself? Who is this? What? This is Dan. Who do you think? Dan oh, who? Hey, Dan. Which Dan is this? Oh, you sound disappointed. <laughs> it's great. That's... That, see, now that's the kind of response I was looking for. You sound so disappointed. No, like, oh, no, we hey, don't, know, we don't yeah. know who we're speaking. Dan, Dan. Who? It's Dan. He knows who I am. Oh, oh Dan, uh, Dan from Jersey? Right. Oh, turn your radio down, sir. <laughs> who? You. you. I can hear your radio. Oh, my radio? It's, yeah, not it comes, even, it's like it hardly even on. No, no, yeah, it comes no, across but the it's phone. still coming through. <laughs> yeah. Is it Dan from Jersey, for real? Like, hardcore punk Dan guy? No, I'm not a punk rocker. I, I got long hair, actually, but okay. Uh, how's it going, Dan? Dan's called, you called the show a, a while ago to talk about records and stuff, didn't you? I've, I've called a couple times. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. I, I did call, uh, there's the one time that Admin admin 1 called, that was me, and then Admin 2 called. I, I kind of forget uh, who that guy is. Right, What's his yeah. name? Uh, Guido. Guido or something? Yeah. Was his name Guido, maybe? Yeah, Dan, Dan, all right, let me explain for the audience. Dan's a record collector. Is that fair to say you're a record collector? I accumulate them, sure, yeah. Yeah, so, and then uh, Dan had a friend called Greedo. Turn that radio down before I go. I, I, you got to turn it all <laughs> the way off. Me? All the way on. Off. I'll turn it off. Hold it, on. Don't hold lie on. to me. I, turn, I just turned my speakers off. They're off. Thanks. And uh, Dan was friends with this guy, Greedo, and they both collected records, and apparently you have this big falling out, and you hate him. The other day you posted that anyone who's friends well, with them, you're going to defend I don't hate them. anybody. Oh, okay. Seeing unities, buddy. Do you want to give us a... You what what us? did I do the other day? What is this? I don't know. On Facebook, you were screaming that uh, I don't know. What do you get drunk and scream that you're going to defend everybody who's friends? No, with actually, you I don't drink. No. Oh, okay. Wait, you, cocaine? Hi. <laughs> no, actually, no. I don't do cocaine. Two I screws. do downers. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. You're asking me. I'm telling you. I'm not. See, this is the thing. I'm not going to lie about stuff. I'm not going to like put on a show and lie to people. But Dan, go ahead. So, Dan, what's uh? I know. I know. I've asked you this before. What's your prized record? What's What's the thing that's worth the most you got for you? And what's the, I don't know. What's the, I don't what, care. What's the record that's but, um, worth more to, most to you, like in your life? Oh, you mean you mean worth like not money worth, but like actual like Both. you actually personal. like the music and want to listen to the record and play it. You mean? Yeah, yeah, personal. <laughs> I don't know. I, I like a lot of records. There's too many to mention. Oh, great answer. Great call. Yeah. <laughs> Any? Uh, so what? What else? Anything? Oh no! Well, yeah, you were asking me how I was doing today, and it reminded me of something. I told you uh, during Christmas time. Well, I don't know when, but like. It's like during December, I told you I was going to call you up and uh, have it out with you. No, I was only kidding, though, when I said that. I'm only kidding. You, you know I like you. I wouldn't listen to the show if I didn't like oh, you. Oh, thanks, I mean, man. No, that, I mean, that should go without saying, but sure. I mean, I don't, I don't even know what, what goes without saying these days. Thanks, so. for, uh, thanks for donating to the sandwich fund, man. That was nice of you. 
Oh, that's nothing. Whatever. I mean, you know. You're right. It wasn't like I, like, I, like I was telling you, um, like I was telling you online. Yeah, I was, I was uh, trying to give those guys a few bucks because I do see them. Well, you know, living next to Newark, New Jersey, you do see the uh, those guys who don't have nowhere to live. Uh, you see them here and there. You know. So yeah, sure. Try and help them out. You know, if you if you can. You know. Yeah. What's your plan? I mean, shit, I don't even work. I haven't even had a job in like ages but I, I still try and help those guys out because i mean i got it better than they do obviously so, yeah. so what, what, do you, what do you if you don't work what do you do are you on disability are you on a, <laughs> what do you do that's the hi <laughs> hi how you doing <laughs> no i don't know it's shit what do you mean you don't know what you do? I, I'm a ski. I'm I'm a scheming. I gonna you know, no. I gotta find something. What, you uh, make little runs. At I, night I obviously can't get the work I used to do, so I'm gonna have to do something else now. You know. But what's your source of income? I'll sell some records here. I'll sell some records there. No, I don't know. Yeah, that's about it though. Really? Oh man. Yeah, yeah. I actually sold a guitar recently too. That's the well, it was a bass guitar, but that sucked. I didn't want to do it, but I was like, you know, I don't. What do I need two basses for? It's like, <laughs> what do you need one? Huh? What? Why do you need one? Because uh, I actually know how to play it. I don't know. <laughs> if you want to play baseball? You need four. So listen, stop. If you have no money, stop donating to the sandwich. What are you doing? Don't worry. I what are you don't... talking about? I, if I didn't have money, I wouldn't be donating to it. All right, wait, so where do you get the money from? Direct I told you, sell a record here, sell a record there. <laughs> hey, hey, Dan, have you been out in Jersey? Have you been to Revilla Grooves? Um, I liked the page. I saw that on on Facebook recently, but no, I don't think I've no, I haven't been there. No. Yeah, he buys and trades a lot, so that's that's something. So we're gonna do that. Oh, it sounds good. I have to check that uh, check that out one of these days. Yeah. Oh. Well, now where's that located though? I forgot. Let me find out. Hang on. I, I mean, I just I just liked that page on Facebook the other day, but I totally forgot where the location is. It's oh well, it's in Milltown. I'll have to look at it later. It's in it's in Milltown. 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 Revella, oh, all right. Revella, it's probably, just look for the mills. Right yeah, the yeah, the mill puppy there. mills. I guess. <laughs> look, look for the giants. Oh no, no, I got you. That's where the general lives, right? I don't know. Yeah. The general. General Mills. General Mills. General Mills. Yeah, oh, you know. Did you, have you seen them or no? The cereal factory. I think Bruce Springsteen <laughs> yeah. sung about that one. Right after they closed down. <laughs> they closed down the Captain Crunch factory last night. Well, it don't smell like marshmallows <laughs> yeah. around here no more. He sang that song on Wednesday night. He did? That was the encore. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Dan, what's the most expensive right. record you have? Come on. Oh, I don't know. Stop uh, saying I don't know. You know. How do you I'm not just know? Gonna reach in, I'm just going to reach in the box and grab one thing. Here you go. Uh, Devo, are you experienced, 7-inch? Devo, are you experienced? This is probably like a dollar or maybe like 50 cents. I don't know. <laughs> is it toilet bowl flush effect? You don't, have, you don't have like a record that's worth like, you know, five grand that you won't depart with? Uh, well, that's the kind of thing I would save until they're like, uh, you know, coming to kick me out of here if like you know is i'd be it, like right. shit you know i gotta sell this uh five grand thing and pay my rent or you don't something. have the, fir don't the first sound house tape or the or the damned seven inch <laughs> unfortunately no i don't have two copies of the iron maiden sound house tape no i don't <laughs> see we, we john knows what i'm talking about we know somebody online who he he has not only one copy of the really rare first Iron Maiden, but he has two of them. Yeah, he's a yeah. That's uh, I don't care. I'll say his name. That's Eric, right? Eric Keller. What's that? Isn't that Eric Keller who has those tapes from Fear of God? Yes. Now that's yeah. Now that's that's impressive because uh, he has uh, both versions of it. Yeah. Right. All right, Dan. No, that, go, that's, man. that's good stuff, though. I mean, rare. rare you know.
I got to run, dude. Thanks. All right, th- man. Th- thanks for calling in. Time uh, for the Ramones on or what? Uh, in about uh, 30 minutes. 25 minutes. 30 minutes. 30 minutes. Yep. All right. Sounds good. All right, Dan. I got to take a break, and thank you for calling in, dude. Thanks, Dan. All right. All right. Talk to you soon. Yeah. There goes Dan. Uh, <laughs> thanks, CJ. That was CJ Ramon, everybody, if you're just tuning in. <laughs> Calling in from New Jersey in his basement with a bunch of records. Speaking of the Ramones and uh, Bruce Springsteen, I Why saw... Why can't he just say what the most expensive record he has? Because he doesn't have an expensive he record. Does. He does. Got to, these guys have... You don't even know they have... Ba- well, you do know. Yeah, I do know. And maybe this guy was just fucking with you, no, John, and not I've, really the real guy. He's got records, man. Yeah. Are we going to say Jody's being a Bruce little Springsteen? I, I was going to say that I saw Bruce. That was on some phone call. Where? Saw Bruce no, last but, night? But, but nobody cares. So where, where, I where, do. where? 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 I, I saw him in Hartford, Connecticut on Wednesday night. What were you doing up there? Well, I drove Bruce. up there to Painter see Bruce taxes. Springsteen. Don't you listen? <laughs> no, but you, are you personally went up there for just that? Yeah. <laughs> My buddy Scott and I drove up. Uh, we went and ate some food, saw the boss. Uh, what was really weird was a friend of mine was sitting maybe two sections to the left of us that I didn't realize until the next day, which would have been funny. The July 1st club, in effect. But I know. Yeah. It was my friend's 128th time seeing Bruce. Wow. Oh, my, my God. 20th. Are you friends with Chris Christie? No. <laughs> Who he dropped was, out of the race, Sadly, by the way. was not there. Yeah. yeah. I think he dropped out of the race so he could go follow Bruce around for the rest of the tour. I said before, he's he's sitting in a Vest Western curled up in a ball listening to Nebraska. (laughs) A big ball. (laughs) A big, big ball. Come on, fellas. We're better than that. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) No, we really aren't. (laughs) Yeah. That's Bruce once again jumping on the grade for New- grenade for New Jersey, where yeah. he'll, take, he'll take the governor the fuck out of town. On he tour, did get dude. his ribs in on. Uh, he ruined Rubio's life before he quit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, look at Dan Girardi just got hit in the face with a puck. Good. Yeah, he's dead. Do you guys want to hear the rest of my uh, steampunk story? Oh, sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, it's three three Rangers, baby. Yes. Good. Yeah. So I'm, I meet up with this girl. Three three right? Rangers, huh? Yeah. <laughs> the Bears. The Bears. <laughs> the Bears. <laughs> so I, I meet up with the steampunk girl, right? And we make like a date to go out last night. And uh, she makes me meet her at this place called the Rusty Wheelbarrow. Right? Oh, Christ almighty. Sounds like a sex act to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did you get ye old Mexican oral sex? Offer or what? Tommy, can I rewind? Did you dress up as something? No, I mean, I, a little bit. I put some like... <laughs> like Hansel? Like what? No, I mean, like some, I put some bracelets yeah, on some and things. Pipe and just little... <laughs> Did you wear goggles? They love no, goggles. No, no, no. They love goggles. She had them, but she wasn't wearing them, you know? So. <laughs> so. I can't believe you're trying to hoodwink a steampunk dating site. <laughs> Did you have a pocket watch? People too, right? I should take those. Gotta have Apple Watch though. Gotta have a pocket watch. Take those goggles off, baby. No slower. <laughs> so I meet her in the West Village, and we go and we go to this place, and it's like a pretty chill place, but it's kind of old timey, you know. So like it's <laughs> you don't say. As the music will suggest. <laughs> um, no, but seriously, did you tell her about your plans for the railroad that's going to bring <laughs> bring uh, prosperous? No. <laughs> but like basically, like I I meet her, and. Uh, I'm, we go inside and it's kind of like a fancy place, old timey. And she she starts. We start learning about each other. She's pretty cool, you know. But uh, all of a sudden, she goes, "Follow me." And I'm like, well, "Where are we supposed to go?" And so she goes through like this little hallway and at least like another door, and it opens up a whole another section of this place. And she, when she opens the door, it's like a whole cavalcade of steampunks in there. Oh, it was wow. like a convention, and they're all playing poker, and shooting each other. Speakeasy? Everything. They got like tools out. They got they're <laughs> fixing shit. They're brazing. <laughs> And I'm like, where the fuck am I and how the hell do I get out of this? So 
I'm just like trying to like play along and be cool, you know, and talking to these people about what they do for fun. Did you tell her you have a radio show? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, going to neutral, I'm wondering if the condom is made of breast. <laughs> breast. Carl and Rita. Or like, oh, okay. So, so a chastity belt. <laughs> at one point, she like goes to excuse herself to use the restroom. And I'm sitting there trying to figure out how the hell to get out of this thing, you know? She pees, it's like... (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. Hey, let me take that proton pack off or whatever the fuck that is. And uh, when she she goes to disappear, and I'm thinking, like, maybe this is the time I should just, for the first time ever, stand a girl up on a date and just bolt, you know? Right. Oh, really? That'd be fucked up. No, I don't know. I go to stand up and turn around, and I knock into somebody, and I spill over their beer, and I look up, and it's this fucking... Serious A-list celebrity. You're never gonna believe who it was. Sting. Nope. Johnny no, Depp. Nope. I tell you what. So I start. I'll tell you what. I'll skip around. Sting. Make sure that's all the way plugged into your phone. I, okay. You have I, no case on there. I, yeah. I'm hanging out with the celebrity. We're shooting the shit. And I, remember the rule we had: ask to be a guest and yes. then do a station ID first. Right. This way, if they refuse to be a guest, you still get the station ID. They feel bad. Exactly. Right. Exactly. If you ask for the station Social ID, Social engineering at its finest. So they're not going to be a guest, in other words. Well, yeah, I asked them if they'd be a guest, and they were That's like, called the Mark Marin rule now. Right, right. And, they, you know, I told them a show about the show and everything, and they, they kind of, like, politely declined. And I was like, all right, well, let's go. Would you be willing to do a station ID? And that, for some reason, they were like, cool, I'll, I'll do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, was he or she dressed up as steampunk? Absolutely. Oh, no. Absolutely. <laughs> is it Lady Gaga? No, but you, oh, I know it is. It's Pope Francis. <laughs> yeah. It's secret was it, steampunk was it, second life. Was it Adelaide? <laughs> no, it was not well, Adelaide. It's here. Do you have the tape? Yeah, I have it. Can I Let's play, play it? it. Go ahead. Okay. So I'm going to play it now. No, and, uh, pl- I, I, no he's not going to plug it, and he's going to wait for John to pot up <laughs> yeah. so he can plug it. Plug right. it in. There you go. All right. So um, here we go. So this is. I, I had to like, coach him a little bit, and then after a little while, he got it, and this is what I got. Here we go. <laughs> President William H. Taft, and when I'm not busy fapping to my prize collection of Susan B. Anthony pictographs, I tune my RCA Victor Monarch to live from the barrage every Friday evening at 8 o'clock Atlantic, right here on Radio Nope. The whole thing was a Taft bit. It was a Taft bit. Taft bit. Mm. I ain't meeting no steampunk. I admire you. I admire your... Uh, wow, the whole story was fake? Oh, of course. I was going to say. Am I going to go meet a steampunker? I thought if you <coughs> like her, I would get in. I would get next. I, put, I bought it hook, line, and sinker, Jack. <laughs> Please tell me story. that Tinker is real. Let's get it in the boat, bro. <laughs> Tinker is totally not real, but I'm going to uh, make that. It needs make to it be. real. It needs to be real. That because means my it's... storytelling bullshit's getting better. That you need awesome. to... Yeah, we need to start Tinker. William Howard Taft. <laughs> that's, a, that's a William H. Taft. Movie. I was all excited to see who the celebrity was because I actually did run into Sting the other day. Did you really? Yeah. Where? Uh, I walked right outside my job, and uh, you know what was happening was across the street was Zoolander, the premiere. Right. Ugh. Zoolander two, Ugh. and uh, so I walked out at the same time. I, you know, it's really weird. Like when you see a like a really rich person, you could spot them from like a block away. <laughs> I don't know what it is. Like they're. The the, the cut of the clothes, like right. like maybe his winter jacket is tailored, possibly to, and the, just that something about the famous person that you could see from a long way. It's like ah, this guy's somebody. It's dark out, and he's got a beard. Right. 
Not to, and mention, the, not to mention the fact that he was floating on a magic carpet. Like yeah, a he was. He was actually playing Dream of the Blue Turtles with his guitar, and that's how I knew it was. And no, I, I, I lock eyes with this guy. I'm like, oh. And I just start laughing. And he's looking at me, and he starts laughing. And I keep walking. I got fucking Sting, I think I mouth out loud to you, myself. You, you, got, you had a you, moment with Sting. You got tantric. Yeah, he was with his wife and uh, they got somebody tantric. else, and I didn't want to stop. And I couldn't Sting. I'm in an official capacity, as Jody would tell you. Like, you know, you can't cost people at your job. Right, and then called uh, him Gordon. Yeah, I know. Believe me, I had all these things that you think of afterwards to say. You know, I was gonna. uh, The the best thing I could think of to say with him was like, always play truth hits everybody as fast as possible. (laughs) That is the best way to do it. Do twice the speed of the album. Should call hairdo, dude. Right, (laughs) and John. In all honesty, and I don't know what is your crap or not crap, police. Not crap. Not crap. Okay, I, I'm a fan, but yeah. lots of crap. But uh, overall, not crap. Okay, I'm police. Uh, I like the I like the early police stuff, dude. I saw them three times in, in concert that tour. I went up to, to Boston uh-huh. to see them at uh, at uh, Fenway. I saw holy them. shit, Tommy. Exactly. And then I saw them at the Garden, where uh, uh-huh. Stuart Copeland pointed Fenway, out Fenway, bro. Yeah, bro. <laughs> oh my did you, god. Did you come to Giant Stadium? <laughs> No, uh, they didn't play Giant Stadium. Oh, did they? No, they yeah. played the Garden. Oh, maybe. Yeah. I went to a Red Rocks out in Colorado, nice. and that was great. Yeah. I took my sister there. It was fun. Very I cool. walk around the corner and run right into it, because now like the movie, I guess, is getting out, and all these celebrities are coming out, and I ran into, what's that guy uh, from Oz, and he's the mayhem insurance dude, the Dean Wizard. Winters. Oh, Dean Winters. He's awesome. I ran into him, and it's like, you look at somebody, and they're standing in front of you, and you're like, I know you, and then you're like, no, I, I really don't know the guy, so let me right. keep walking. You know? <laughs> Dean Winters. <laughs> Dude, it was hard to get that Taft ID, man. <laughs> Did you make that? Is that you? No, actually, I paid somebody to do that. No what? way. You're never going to believe that person is in a random Taft. stranger. No, it's from Ireland. <laughs> it's a dude from Ireland. I paid five bucks. You're never going to believe that person is an A-list celebrity. <laughs> how do you, would you Google, like, John, give me the some... cable. I want to play something on my phone, I guess. <laughs> somebody to do a Taft impression. Yeah, I actually, I wrote them in the middle of the night. You found him in the village voice. <laughs> <laughs> Taft impressions you know, upon this, request. This Conveniently st- enough, it was early there. The right. story of Tommy getting drunk and not going on on Tinder or Tinker, but actually getting drunk in the middle of the night and, and texting people <laughs> to do the Taft impression is, is more interesting than the actual story. Dude, I wrote the whole copy and he wrote me back. He's like, are you sure you want me to say this? I'm like, that's exactly what I want you to say, dude. <laughs> <laughs> is this some kind of sex thing? No, right. <laughs> yeah. He got it to me in six hours, bro, and then uh, I chopped up the rest of it. Oh, <laughs> with the time difference, it was only one hour. Right. <laughs> I want to hear the outtakes of the Taft. Uh, There's a lot of outtakes. Really? Yeah. Oh, you got to bring that in. I will, I will. <laughs> This is William Howard. Fuck. Shit. <laughs> Let me try that again. This is William Howard Taft, president of the shit. <laughs> you got Michael Caine to do the station ID. <laughs> is we, this man someone important to you? <laughs> is he was someone only you know? 16 years old. <laughs> You're this- only supposed to blow the bloody doors off. <laughs> Dude, five bucks, man. Like, I did it in like an hour. Cocaine. This is William Howard. Fuck shit. Let me try that one more time. This isn't someone you know, like, personally, is it? I don't want to slander anybody. Fifteen minutes or more could be. Fuck. Fuck. You're going to pay me right away, right? One more word from you and you go. You go. Wow. <laughs> All right, we've hit all the bases. Taft, how cold it is, and uh, <laughs> Rangers. We talked to right. some student on from Baby New Jersey. And- what else? Right, let's wrap up. <laughs> Little while, uh, CJ Ramone of the fucking Ramone. How crazy is that noise, we'll huh? calling in, hopefully. Yeah. I, God, God now, willing. Tommy, not going. I hope he's nice and warm right now. Yeah. 
Well, how, do, you, do you know him personally, or did you ask him to be on the show? Did no, we don't him? talk about that. No, we don't. That's all behind the scenes. Well, I, I mean, I won't talk to him about how we came on, but I will say I do know him. We toured together on the Warp Tour in Australia oh. uh, in 1998. <laughs> Okay, and so it's an in real life thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> the New York Times guy was asking me the name of your band today. He's like, "What's the name of Tommy's band? Is oh, it like uh, it's like Stuyvesant or something like that?" Like, yeah. <laughs> ah, shit. And I'm like, "No, that's Brian's band." Uh, right. I go, "Tommy's band is Guns and Roses." He's like, "All right, all right." And he wrote that. <laughs> <laughs> he said to me, uh, "Said to me today, yeah, everybody seems really chill about the whole thing. Tommy really seems like he wants us to go somewhere, though. He's, <laughs> he seems that's dead right. serious." Yeah. When about Tommy this. told me he talked to him for an hour, I was like, right, oh, right. That's right. "But that's good. I'm glad that all you." guys talk to him because yeah. that, that you know he was you know i had him on the phone for a long time did right? you that's yeah. good that's good, yeah. good I, he likes to talk yeah. yeah he did all the talking by the way right right he was like i might need to call you back i said once you don't call me back in the next two hours because the puck's about to drop <laughs> <laughs> no we, we 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 talked for a while and i did a lot of talking he did a lot of question asking and uh talking about the new york times reporter was in here uh, two weeks two two fridays ago <sighs> Corey Kilgannon yeah. is on the air. Uh, New York Times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Look for that on Monday. I'll be uh, if you could find a copy in New York City. Good luck because I'll be buying all of them, <laughs> plastering them all. Over the plastering the whole barrage. <laughs> uh, actually, I, I certainly don't. I don't know the answer to this. Does the copy appear online the same time it does in print? Yes, you yes. told me yes. It has to. I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. but uh, <laughs> I've already read my two articles for the week online. I think I have to sign up. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to pay more. They'll get past the firewall. Checking around the paywall. Right. Yeah. Actually, I've been doing. You know, I don't know why. I've been able to read them and it keeps telling me to like subscribe but uh i don't know i read a bunch of articles in the past couple weeks mm. without a problem yeah. i read Corey maybe. kilgannon's article about the phone booths maybe we, should, maybe we should go down this road after the article comes yeah out. yeah, yeah. So. good idea <laughs> yeah meanwhile like six weeks from now i'm just so excited and i do buy it every day do you yes there you go since then or in, or in general you do that i've bought the New York Times, every single, I think, the only times I've missed it is if I've been out of the country. Right. Why don't you get one of those with the high school? Subscriptions. If you ever get in Pat's van, because, it's filled with New York Times. Mm. Because my uh, my neighbor used to clip it off me. Uh, oh, really? Yeah. Fucker. Uh-huh. I had a subscription one time, and I never got one paper, and they're like, pony up. I'm like, I never got a fucking paper. <laughs> what do you want from me? I like the cultural calendar, all right? <laughs> I can't help myself. It's Tuesday science. Hey, John. Oh, there's a knock on the door. It's a, it's ten to nine. <laughs> it's Mario, and he's feeling fine. I'm getting here earlier every week. <laughs> How's it going, Mario? Oh, folks, let him sit down and you're relax. losing your part-time status. Hi, Mario. What's up, Mario? What you got My in the bag, Mario? Stick is overloading. <laughs> Lots of goodies. Nice. What what gifts have you brought? I brought you your birthday present. It finally came in the mail. Oh, good. Did you have a thermos? <laughs> really? A week later. I completely forgot about that. You don't have to do that. Yeah, One week, Mario brought chicken soup in, an, in like one of his daughter's thermoses. It was so good. Probably for one of his students. Oh, <laughs> students. He's it. got a ceramic heater. Don't plug that in. It's going to ruin the whole show. Yeah, man, right. This is when Mario tanks the CJ Ramon interview. Exactly. <laughs> plug it in after the interview. <laughs> All right. If you're not on mic or doing anything, I'm going to take a break. He's pulling... <laughs> He's pulling props out He's of his going, bag. Yeah, it's, it's like the romper room here. He's going through his You bag. do understand like the concept of dead air. And Mario radio. and I are hat twins. Oh, thank you. What is this? Let's see. This is, oh my God, it's a deck of cards with, it looks like, and if I'm not mistaken, it's a live from the barrage deck of cards with our pictures on it. No. <laughs> Check that out. Yeah, open that, Ryan. Like trading cards almost. <laughs> Mario's naked on the deck. <laughs> it's, it's 52 different Amazing. naked pictures of Mario. <laughs> He's also got pens that if you turn them upside down, yeah. right. it's very interspersed with you. You know we have a merch guy. You didn't have to pay like $100 yeah. on Snapfish. I'm kind of annoyed, Mario. You, you usurp my shit. 
Usurper. It's live from the barrage. Barrage. The playing cot. Beautiful ladies of the barrage. The blobs. They're nice quality. They got a nice little. They're plastic coated. They're plastic. Nice. Yeah. Very nice. Excellent. Thank you, Mario. Let me see if this merch is up to snuff. Happy birthday, there, Mister Hulan. You'll never have a bad hand again. You're a good man, Mario. Why? Thank you. Thanks, Mary. My CJ? wife wouldn't stop talking to you after two glasses of wine. We were driving home from Bell Boulevard last night. She couldn't stop talking to you? It's talking about you. And how 56 of these. But oh. she loves you. Oh, I love her, too. 56 cards? That makes it straight, Tom. 56 jokers. <laughs> <laughs> all jokers. And nothing on. Kudos to you, gentlemen of the barrage. <laughs> Thank you, Mario. I really appreciate it. So is, C- nice. is the interview over? The CJ call? Yes. You just missed it. Yep. Damn. He was looking what do you get when you... Cross a Marine with a Ramon. What? A Maroon! <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like Christopher Walken right there. Yeah. That was, uh, that's I mean, it. I that's Pat's, all I got. Pat smelled that one coming. <laughs> what are you pointing at, everybody? I think, we all, pointing I think we all... Alpha. I take it as a threat. <laughs> I did bring the interview... I just stopped looking at him like five weeks ago. <laughs> I did bring the interview I did with uh, Johnny and Didi in, in 1983. You have a tape cassette? Yes. Well, what interview? What, what did you do that? In 80, 1983. No, I mean, like where? Like for what? For what? Well, we were at uh, Pratt Institute Radio. for. I was on there 13 years on that station. Right. I wouldn't That's leave. Right. I think right. you'd pick something up. Much like this station, I just showed up and then I would never leave. I graduated and I just kept coming back. <laughs> <laughs> I, I got myself to become alumni advisor. Was there mm. free snacks? <laughs> there was no snacks. Well, CJ Ramon calling in in just about 10 minutes. Let's take a quick break and play some of his songs off his brand new album, Last Ch- Chance to Dance, which, which you can get at Fat Records. Go to fatrec.com to buy that album. See CJ tomorrow night, Valentine's Day night, for the Motorhead tribute with a bunch of other big-name celebrity punk rockers on that Motorhead tribute. And uh, we'll be show. back after this. Thank you. The best music on the best station. Radio Nope. I have my gloves are too thick.
Uh, before that, we heard Pit Stop. That's off CJ's new new album, Last Chance to Dance. We heard Commando by uh, The Ramones. It's a great one. We heard R-A-M-O-N-E-S by Motorhead. Joining The Ramones on stage. I believe that might be the last concert. Did you watch a video of the, of the last concert? The last yeah, Ramones have, concert? Out in California, yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of uh, Eddie Vedder on that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I didn't get to that part. I think I fast forwarded that. And then uh, Won't Stop Swinging, Last Chance to Dance, and Understand Me, all off the new album. I hope it didn't reveal too much. They sent me the whole album. I like that stuff. Very cool. Fat Records over Very cool. The that. sound of that album sounds yeah, amazing. Great recording. I, I want to know who the players are on that record, too. Right. Because the, uh, the drummer and the guitar player are fantastic. Sounds like a, like a jacked-up Queers record on steroids. You can yeah. get that at, at fatrec.com. Also see CJ tomorrow night. Valentine's Day for the Motorhead Tribute at Bowery Electric. Bowery Electric's fun. I like that place. Down in the basement. Is it in the basement? I played there Yeah, before. it's the basement. Yeah. That's right. I like that room. It's cool. Hopefully we'll be talking to CJ in a, in a minute a or two. Bit. Yeah, so. Thank you, Mario. Pat firing up the heater. <laughs> it well, smells like great, burnt dog hair. There's a great collection of whiskey here. I gotta say, there is. That's the, uh, the where'd this all come from? Ryan, this all your birthday? Everybody, whiskey's gone up for Christmas. <laughs> I know Christmas and oh, then, uh, do you st- this is a dumb question. By any chance, do you still have any of that Johnny Walker blue? No, is that that's long gone, right? <laughs> no. well, well, Ryan, check this out. Uh, no, Ryan, that's the uh, the cast barrel, Jameson. The one I'm holding. Wait, no, no. it says Jura no. Brooklyn. The one in front of Pat. Jadrul Brooklyn. Jadrul Whiskey. Jadrul. <laughs> no, the, ca- the Jameson cask, I think that's my favorite one. Yeah, yeah it's, it's good. pretty good. It's I'm ice going to have some of this. Pretty, pretty good. <laughs> it's chilled for you. I'm going to start drinking whiskey tonight. What do you think of that? Go All for right. it. All right. Hey, Ryan, could you please pour me a shot, too? I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> so mean to me. You say I'm off tonight. <laughs> I'll take that. Sounds pretty good, go, sir. <laughs> anybody else? Anybody else want whiskey? Out. It is delicious. Who else wants whiskey? I'll, I'll, I'll describe the complexities now. Hmm. I'm so afraid of the space heater. I need whiskey to chill me out. Hints of uh, whiskey. Hmm. It's got a whiskeyish nose. Thank you, Mario. Good stuff. Oh yeah. Uh, Be um. Whiskey. Also, uh, a couple people are over for the Super Bowl. Lorenzo brought the Pogues brand whiskey. I don't think I've tried that yet. <laughs> Did it make your teeth fall out? <laughs> no. <laughs> Should though. <laughs> I never had that before. Is it good? You Pat? It's good. I've never had it. Okay. Not a big whiskey person. I mean, I do like it, but I'm not uh, right. particularly yeah. well versed. Oh, show me the way to the next whiskey bar. You've always been more like doors a... free zone, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you're it's listening a, to the Ramones album, they I'm cover quoting the Bertolt Brecht, not Jim Morrison. I see. Right. Only door would be like his bro door. The nomads had no home. Welcome back to. No <laughs> I don't know, Brett Ralph. I can't even say what he just told me on the text. <laughs> Thank you. It? Welcome back to live from the barrage here on Radio Nope. And uh, just a couple minutes here, we'll be uh, speaking with C.J. Ramon of the Ramones. And what was the first time you guys ever saw John? You never saw them, did you? Ah, <clears throat> oh, never saw the Ramones. Mm, Ryan, growing no. up in Queens, it's my it's my secret shame. Pat, Our never. Lady of Lords. Oh, that's right. Jody, you get a chance. I saw them several times. You, you saw them at Our Lady of Lords. Yeah. What year was that? Ninety. Eighty nine. Ninety. It's pretty awesome. Mary, oh, CJ joined the band. In Are you ready? Right. Have you ever seen the Ramones, Mara? I think I told you is seven twenty seventy nine with a D plus the first time I saw Mario at my father's place. And what did you okay. take that night? No, uh, not not your where you lived. But where I've you saw actually them. 
got a few of the further ones. They got better because you know what? In 79, it was like, what the fuck? And they were playing for a while. But it was still like, what the fuck is this? In uh, 1980, June 6th, at Great Adventure. Oh, wow. Great In New birthday. Jersey? B minus. Six Flags Great Adventure. That's right. Great day. I went with Kathy, the girl I used to do the radio show with. The Ramones played Great Adventure. They did. And then I went to come down here. There's another one in 1981. Where is it? Where are you, Marones? We got Wubbles on the chat box. Saying he saw them. In Look at this. Now, by 1981, they had elevated to an A+. Now, Mario, you hung out back then, like in that scene. Did you, were you there before the Ramones were on the scene? Were you still? Were you into like? What were you doing when the Ramones exploded on in, on the Lower East Side? Listening to Jethro Tull. <laughs> no, was, this is what would happen. Uh, I'm about Stupid. 16, uh, 16, I guess. About uh, we were drinking in bars. I was uh, 15, 16. So I just got turned. It on was Groovy Melodies, 1978, when Christian, the guy who owns the French restaurant, would just like say, "Come down to the city," and we used to go to Great Gildersleeves, which was. Uh, Next, uh, next block from, from uh, CBGBs, and we'd see like rock bands. We see like the A's and uh, well, a bunch of other bands that used to play there. All the rock bands, Moonstruck, and and then, but CBGBs is right down the block. So we, by chance, just started walking into CBGBs. Right, right. In fact, we did see at the Great Gildersleeves the band you're going to see tomorrow, Blue Oyster Cult. They played under Soft White Underbelly, but uh, so that's kind of what happened. So it was really like. That's why you see in 79 and 80 a lot more punk bands because my buddy was into the Stranglers and obviously then the Clash and everything. And so the Ramones just were part of that. But I was not part of it. Three, three, four years when they were really, they were the house band at CBGB's practically in right. before 77. Yeah. Right? In 74, 75, I think. Uh, they were probably pretty bad back then. They used to play a 15-minute set, I heard. 15 but, minutes. But they did get an A minus. See, every year they got better. They went from That's a like D. like 100 songs. It's like right. <laughs> grading to the curve. You know, you give them a bad grade in the beginning, and then by the end of the fourth semester, they look like they're an A-plus student. <laughs> <laughs> Doubles on the chat box. I'm assuming that's Wubbles because he's been a total dick the whole time. Was a, saw them at the Riviera in Chicago in 1994, and nice. Frank Black opened. How weird is that? Wow. That's probably when he was in that Frank. Just left the Pixies. <laughs> Frank Black and the Catholic solo album right. stuff going right. on. Teenager of the Year or whatever. That seems about the right time. I've seen him about five or six times. The strangest band I ever opened up was that band Dig. Remember that band? Mm -hmm. They had like a single in the 90s called Believe. I don't know if you remember those guys. Yeah, it sounds familiar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But It's uh, like, a, like a British pop punk sounding yeah. thing. I don't know. I saw him at the Academy. I saw him at Nassau Community College. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, some wow. Of the, some of the Hamptons. Hamptons? Yeah. I was with you. You were, right? That's right, Colette. You were Colette's with me. Colette's here. <laughs> <laughs> we went to the Hamptons. Hi, Colette. Hey, Colette. Hi, Colette. <laughs> Colette, you saw the Ramones? You saw the Ramones live and I didn't? (laughs) (laughs) Sucks. What about you, Brian? You ever seen them? Yeah, I saw the Ramones, but you know what? I didn't get to see them until the early 90s. Right. So, yeah, and it was at, uh, we were talking about City Gardens a couple of weeks ago. I saw them at City Gardens. That's awesome. Wow, you're lucky, man. That must have been a great show, no? Going to Neutron saying you saw them at uh, Lollapalooza. I saw him there too with Soundgarden, Devo, the Melvins, and Metallica. <laughs> How about I saw that with, Su- with Superchunk. They played at La Palooza in '96, I think. Oh yeah. Yep. I yep. actually saw them at CBGB. My cousin Scott took me. Really? Nice. He took me. What year? year? He, I, I. It must have been '83 or '84. Wow. When you were like 12. <laughs> I was. Yes. I was. I was very. Yeah. I was very underage. 
he lied to my he lied to my mother and told her that he was taking me to the movies. And instead of walking to the movie theater on Allerton Avenue, we got on the subway and he said, "Don't tell your mother." And we went to CBGB. Yeah. And it was totally terrifying for me because it was very crowded. And he sat me at the bar and he sat next to me and we saw the Ramones. I didn't know who they were at that point, um, but I liked them. And when I got back to his house, uh, you know, because he, he would babysit me after school. So like the next day, you know, with school and whatever. And he played me some of their records and I took them from him and didn't give them back for a couple huh. of years. There you go. Mary, you look like you're going through more notes. Well, I did find one interesting one from 1980 at, at the place called Rockaways. I don't even remember where that was. Maybe the I, Rockaways? I yeah. Uh, no, because it was in, in 1980, in the summer, they played Central Park and they got only a C. It said, sounded <laughs> shitty, but we all danced anyway. But then I have this one in Rockaway, which was the A one. And there's a great note on here. Where is it? Let's find it. Uh, they played with the Panthers and one of the best shows ever. Joey was straight. Or maybe I wasn't because everyone was there. <laughs> and I have a, a circle with the letter D around it. You know what that means? Uh, dope? Yeah. No, let's just say a little chemical additive known as... Uh, Horse tranquilizer. <laughs> <laughs> Dopamine? CJ, if you are listening, call in 718. What is the number? 577-2716. He number. is listening, and now he's never calling. <laughs> <laughs> I did send a tweet out a little while. You, you liked it, so I don't know. Yeah. We're Great good. CJ. We're good. I was just talking to his agent. Oh, and, really? Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ooh, I just sent a little tweet out, too, actually. Oh, oh you sent a toot out. Ryan sent the toot out of his pants. Yeah, it kind of sucks that I never saw the Ramones, but Joey did say the name of my band once out of his mouth. Cool. Uh, I was in a band called Desperosity. Did he? Yeah. Yeah. How'd that and happen? he said to, like, Hugo or somebody or, or on the phone. To, it, oh, he used to go out with this. Voicemail he used to lost. go out with this girl who, was, who ended up going out with Jay Levitz huh. after she dated him. And, and he was like, oh, so what are your friends in Desperado doing tonight or something like this? Really? <laughs> yeah. Joey was always Mr. McGloob. Mr. Ma- what are me and Mr. McGloob going to do? <laughs> All this pizza or whatever. Yeah. I mean, he's larger than life whenever you used to see him. He's just really cool, and he's just this giant, albino-looking, taller than everyone else. Albino. So everybody knew when he was in the room. And he was always really just low-keyed and pretty nice. Not like that other right. guy, Johnny. Oh, stop it. No, will say CJ is going to tell you. I'll ask him about that too. That Johnny, especially in the end of the century documentary, you know, Johnny kind of gets a bad rap as being, you know, this this horrible guy and stuff. But right. you know, without Johnny, CJ contends, and this is from an interview that I read. I've read a bunch of them that uh, you know the Ramones never would have been anything but an art project with with Joey and Dee Dee that never would have went anywhere. Johnny was the engine driver, the guy who was like, I can see that. Totally moving the band. The, there was no question about who the boss of the band was. Yeah, he was the business guy. Yeah. yeah. And Tommy played a big role in that, right? Tommy Ramon? He was more of like the uh, the eagle eye in the background, kind of setting up more of a producer role, I would say, you know? But, uh, you, Mary, you ever meet Tommy or no? Well, it's all fuzzy. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, what, like, did you write you down the notes? drugs you were on during those shows, Mario? I, I had a few, but, you know, my eyesight's a little bad and uh, everything's a little fuzzy, but... The good, the good thing we could take from this is that you can start as a D minus on my list and end up as an A plus when I'm on the right angel dust. <laughs> 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 Fucking Mario. 
<laughs> Mario. to Mario's students. It only took four years. Success. It only took two years. Well, how about this, Mario? In the span of two years, I saw him four times. <laughs> when you get home after, like, after, when did you write these grades? Like, the day after or while the show, right no, after no. the show? No, or, like, is your memory hazy, like, a year later you graded <laughs> No, in the beginning, it was, like, right the day after or right after. But then at the end, it was, like, let me catch up to, like, the last month. What did I go see? Because there was, we would go out so much. You know, I lost so much weight. I used to be thin because back then we used to skank and dance and mosh. And <laughs> it was like working out. It was like we used to play hockey and now we decided that hardcore and was better. And pogoing. Good good aerobic <laughs> workout. That was the Zumba of the 80s. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> Zumba is the Zumba of the 90s. So I'm sipping on this, uh, I guess it's mulled cider that Colette brought in. Ah. If you'd like some, grab it. Sorry, go ahead. I'm sorry. I slipped. Go ahead. <laughs> oh, uh, Colette brought in cider and whiskey. I don't know if it's mulled cider or whatnot, but uh, let's, let's pass it around. Oh, pass that. Yeah. Is it hot? That should yeah, be good for the hot. air. Let's pass around it's drinks. Hot. <laughs> it's cold in here. <laughs> it's hot. good. Brad Weisberg in the chat box saying, fact, every band needs a Johnny. It's kind of true, I guess. It's true. That somebody's going to take the reins. Our band really doesn't have that, though, Pat, right? <laughs> I don't do shit. <laughs> I'm with you. <laughs> Bunch of shiftless, lazy rock and rollers. You think Dan Dara's going to book a gig? You've got another thing coming. <laughs> oh, like, don't pick on Dan. Nine no, times I, I won't. I have to bring sticks. <laughs> <laughs> I've been playing with sticks just, my whole life. I forgot, I forgot my sticks. Stupid fuck. Do you want this? What did he really? This? Did, did he forget his sticks recently? He never brings sticks. He just shows up to the gig. He's good enough. He doesn't have to. He doesn't and have the to. Singer. But once you give him sticks, my God, the guy's like a god, a right? golden god. He's a singer right? in a rock and roll band. <laughs> he got to do uh, a song with with me out in New Jersey, and the engineer who worked a lot of great drummers saw him and couldn't fucking believe it. He is so good. That, that, you know, that Wubbles does right. have a point, though, Weissenberger. Right. Uh, uh, the chat box argument has begun. That, like, you know, and I will, I will say, like, a, a shellac doesn't have a Johnny. They're all by committee. You know, three guys, they all decide things themselves. I guess Bob probably books is on the more booking end of the stuff. Steve's on the recording end. And would, would you go so far as to call Johnny a leader of the band? I don't know. Oh, I, I wasn't in the band, and right. I'd never seen them. <laughs> right. well, I think if the only we had somebody to explain this to us. <laughs> right. <laughs> as we stall for time. Do you want to interview me? Yeah. <laughs> Can't Jay Levitz call in and pretend to be Steve? Yes, Jay Levitz. Well, there's a little confusion here, I guess. I don't know. We're waiting for CJ to call in. We'll see. Yeah, he'll be He's calling. probably a busy guy. This interview is going to go the same way the New York Times article did. <laughs> Mario. <laughs> Mary's predicting. We're all doomed. <laughs> We're here in the cold for nothing. <laughs> well, it's, it's right now time and temperature is what? It's uh, five degrees right now outside? Oh, check the official uh, live from the barrage. Temperature thingy? You're yeah. the news guy. You should figure this out. <laughs> yeah, news and weather what, goes what together. We got the mercury read? Denim and leather brought us all together, right. but it's, it was you who set the spirit free. It's 918 <laughs> at 18 degrees. So, John, uh, who who was it that called me your Kramer? I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> oh yeah, because I came down. You're eating chicken. You're eating a sandwich in my. I said on on Monday after the Super Bowl, he's down in my kitchen eating a sandwich. I said, Mario, why are you in my kitchen eating sandwiches? He goes, because the chicken wings were hurting my teeth. What the fuck? <laughs> my lips. Why were you there? How did you get there? Why were you still there? I was because he up left the boy. his kid overnight. Ah, oh, sleepover. All right. I was picking up the boy, and I had a mission. I was supposed to take him to lunch at Uno's, and I was supposed to give him the birds and bees talk. Yeah, and now, now, now I'm late for work, and you say you're going to give me a ride, and your kid's busy lollygagging around. You got to kick that kid in the ass. We made you know, it. We made you're it. You're like Kevin. Let's go. And like a half hour later, he just doesn't listen to you at all. 
Oh, he listens. Wait, can I hear how this birds and bees I, talk? Just, like, I, I, into this this is, I, 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 I need to know your speech. Let's pretend Ryan is your son. So talk to him. You, so you take your flask out of your pocket and says. you say, this is the easiest way to meet no. women. I, I came sex on stage <laughs> in Amsterdam, my friend. And that's how it works, son. You take it out, you stick it in, so you ejaculate, and you just keep pretending that it never happened, and you just keep going to get your stage time. So I always play with sticks. Now, Mario, your son's the same age as John's, correct? I got sodomized myself yesterday. So it turns out, this is, I, I get to the house, I'm like, Kevin, let's go have lunch. He goes, I ate already. So now I'm hungry. So there's tons of Super Bowl Of course food. he ate already. You Little ate did I know house. that so the sandwiches were packed for the homeless. I tried the wings and they were really hot. They burned my lips. They were cold. So I ate a sandwich. They were hot. They were cold. <laughs> they were hot, spicy, cold. Let me try every free thing in your house first <laughs> to see what I like. And then anyhow, he comes down. He looks My so house. nice when he has to go to work. It's He's all buffet. polished up. His hair is combed neatly to the side. For John? Yeah, yeah. He Ma- thinks it's morning. We call it afternoons. Mario's <laughs> tipping around, tiptoeing around the kitchen like a cat burglar. <laughs> so now here's the funny part. I'm, now I can't go to the restaurant to have the birds and the bees. So I'm just... Driving home on Northern Boulevard, and this is what kills me. He had a coupon to Pizzeria Uno, and he couldn't use it. <laughs> it hurt. I end up not even pulling kidding. up to a light. Right. I see there's a cop car behind me, and the light is turning yellow. So I stop, and you know we're doing the like Kevin. Let's get this started here. Let's talk about the birds and the bees, and I'm just having a chat with him. And then the light in front of me turns green, but not the light I'm sitting at. So I just go. And then the next thing I know, the cop has his sirens on because he's right behind me. Oh. And I'm like, oh, my God. I didn't know what I did wrong. I still didn't know that I, I, I went early. So I pull over. I take out my wallet. I, I pull around the corner. I take out my wallet. And give him pizzeria uno coupon. he comes to the <laughs> car. He sees my wallet open, and he sees my PBA card. He goes, what are you going to show me? He goes, I'm not going to show you anything, officer. What is, what's happening? Is my light out? Is there anything wrong? He goes, you just went through a red light. Oh, like, uh, if you ever I drive said, with Mario, you see he does not, he's in a fog. He pays not attention to anything. It's crazy. It's like Mr. Magoo. So I give him my license. I said, I swear to God, I knew you guys were right behind me. I'm talking to my son from about the birds and the bees. I'm a teacher. <laughs> I work around the corner. Where do you work? Uh, blah, 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 school. And, and he looks at me. He goes... He looks at me, he Driving looks at my Sicilian. license because it has the big smile. I give him the smile. This cop's behind us, Kevin. Listen, if you ever have sex, wear a condom. Is that a red light? I'm telling you, I'm talking to my son about the birds and bees. I just picked him up. I had no clue. I went through the light. And I show my license. He looks at me. I How give, old is the cop? I give him the smile. You know, John, my license has always has the big smile on it. Right. So they say, hey, that's him. So then I look. He looks when he looks at me, I give him the smile. He just hands me my license. He goes... Just be careful of the red lights. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, Kevin. That means he didn't away. want to deal with you. <laughs> white privilege. That's uh, exactly what I wrote down. With Mario's Did sorrow. you write white privilege? Damn my white privilege. That's what I was going to tell my son. I said, I-, I wonder if I was like Asian or uh, African American or co- of color of, or even fairly of color. What would happen? And I was so like, you're kind of like, color. I'm a teacher. I'm a teacher. Right. Teacher like, and uh, birds you. and bees got me off the hook. Hey, you could have said you were resisting arrest. <laughs> you could really talk your way out of anything. I've been in a car with Mario where we've had beers in the car open, and like he drives right into a cop. He's like, I'm going this way. The cop's like, you can't go this way. He's like, I'm going this way. I don't care. Which way? And he's like, uh, this is the way I have to meet somebody at McFadden's. And the cop's like, you go. And fi- he just wears people down where the cop finally just waves them on. They're like, go. You know what? It's a shame. It's a power play. Yeah. Yeah. Rangers. Yeah, four four you know, minutes left in the 
What the hell? Oh. What the heck? That lasts a long time. That's when a long I was growing tail. up, I had no idea what this white privilege was, and now it's become painfully <laughs> evident to me. And it's almost like, <laughs> just give me the ticket, all right? No favoritism. You want to take I'm one for the it. team. I understand. I'm sick of it. Listen, but, I uh, walk through Penn Station every day with multiple knives. No one stops me. <laughs> multiple knives. I now I have this knife clipped on my belt and my uh, and my pocket just to see if what will happen. That's right. That's right. No, I never get stopped. It's painfully obvious. When I ask the guys on my softball team, because we have to have ID for the playoffs, I'm like, you bring your ID. He's like, I always have my ID. I said, I drive around without ID all the time. He goes, well, I'm black. Uh. <laughs> and that's true. That is true. That's what he said to me. And that's I'm counting crazy on that You have to live that way. You have to live your life like you're in some sort of Nazi Germany where your papers mentality. I have this argument with Colette all the time that I don't know where the registration and the insurance is. And she's like, I keep it in my purse. I'm like, well, the fuck is No, glove is compartment me? B. So I keep telling her she thinks someone's going to steal the registration. She's paranoid. You hear that, C? So I can't wait for a cop to pull me over and, because he'll know if it's a man. That, like, listen, I've had this argument a million times. She won't leave it in the glove compartment. What do right. you want me to do? I actually, I got a conversation with somebody. Take me away, officer. Take me away. Make a Take photocopy. Take me to jail. Make a photocopy. Mario, maybe you'll, you'll appreciate this one. Uh, not that you've ever done this, but I was talking to somebody who, um, in the past, had gotten pulled over for uh, drunk driving, and mm. they, which is, I don't condone it in any way, but they were saying that um, there's a little sneaky little caveat on how to get out of it, which is, you, you know, because you have to, you can't, uh, Decline the the test. You know you have to take it right there. And if you do decline it, then they take your no, license you away. Can you can, you can decline it. it, but they, you get fucked because they you get wrong. You get less fucked. No, no, no. You get no less they fucked. take it out of the station no. and throw a video camera. That's on the you. biggest joke when you take the breathalyzer to the cop because you're giving them the evidence. Right. right. And so right. most lawyers but would say don't do it. But is, right. Well, most cops. But you're going to go to jail. That tell you not to do it. You got to go to jail. You got to take that hit. But sometimes they could turn around and like Tommy's saying is they could charge you with aggravated drunken driving. Or something. Right. Well, Trump the, up the law Trump. in New York State is if you if you decline the test, you automatically lose your license for up to six months to a year, and you go to jail, and you, they actually take your car away, the whole thing. So a friend of mine was... Here's how I get out of it. <laughs> <laughs> a friend of mine was recently telling me... You slamming your brakes? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I slam my brakes. I go, I'm crazy. <laughs> when, when he got pulled over and was asked to take the breathalyzer, he didn't decline it, but he just told the cop that he... He didn't feel comfortable taking it right there because he couldn't trust that the equipment would work not yeah. at the station. Right. And eventually bought himself another like hour of time. And yeah. He was he was like, I'll take it. That's what that's what cops do when they get pulled right. over for drunk driving. They never take the breathalyzer and they wait a couple hours and then they take a blood test down at the station and whatever because it's lower uh, than it should. You just stretch yeah. the time out. You know? yeah. right, right. The problem is I never want to go to jail right at that minute. Right. <laughs> Listen, it's not that bad. Just get a couple of extra packs of cigarettes and uh, share your fish sticks, and everything will be all right. There should be no system set up where you have to incriminate yourself in any crime. Like right. It's that's kind of nuts. Yeah. Right. I've never gotten pulled, asked to take a, a breathalyzer. Really? Even one time, I was a, a pre-Christmas party. I was on my way here. And I was inebriated because I was coming from happy hour. Stop driving truck. Yeah. Were you stupid? Yeah. But I was coming here. You crashed into a little kid or something. I was something. coming to a safe house. No. Safe house. <laughs> anyway, so. Stop it. The cops. It wasn't the cops. It was this guy who did the stop short. It was a scam. Like right. They do the stop short. Uh, then they start taking pictures and they demand money on the spot. Right. So then. You I, stop short with my yeah. wife. <laughs> <laughs> so he was telling me, he's, him and his wife are, are costing me there. And I'm finally, he, we're in the middle of the street. Right. And I'm like, I, I'm not paying you. He goes, well, I'm going to call the police. And at that time, I knew I was screwed. So I said to him, I am sorry, sir. I took him by the shoulders. I moved him to the side. I got in my car, and I just left. 
Nice. <laughs> and he had my pictures. Then I was scared out of my mind. So I didn't even take my car home. I said, they're waiting for me at the house. I brought the car. I parked it two blocks from here. And I came to the party. And that's... Yeah, the guy's I, trying I, to extort really? me. You're, and then thought, I took the bus the home cops, the next day to see if there, anything happened. But nothing ever happened. Never, so. nothing you know, happened. this happened to my dad. And he actually... Had lucky. To, he, he got sued. And she... Really? She, uh, the insurance company ended up paying like $250,000 to this lady. We were, uh, and now I realize now that if you have a, don't have a dash cam in like China, God bless you. Thank you. Or uh, Russia, like these people just stand, I'm watching these Chinese dash cams in China. Right. Like, these people like who literally stand in the street and then if you don't <laughs> right. move your car, they, they take a, a header right into the windshield. <laughs> it's, it's comical. So now I realize after watching these, that's what happened to my dad. We were come, going to get Beastie Boys tickets. He was bringing us, it was like six o'clock in the morning to get online <laughs> to buy Beastie Boys tickets and he started reversing the wrong way down a one way street. There was no, it was six o'clock in the morning in Manhattan, empty. There's nobody on the street. This lady ran in, straight into the side of the car. Like, we didn't hit her. Wow. She ran into the car. And he ended up uh, having to get his insurance is fucked for years. It's bullshit. A Chinese lady. Yeah. And she made, <laughs> I'm not uh, saying she made about, a quarter of her. Maybe she learned it in China. I don't know. Okay. I had a woman. I was, I was driving one time in... Uh, it, was, it was a pretty heavy rain. And I was driving, and I was driving uphill, and it was the first car I had with uh, uh, ABS. And so, like, they, I'd always read that, like, when they switched the cars with ABS, when cops were driving them and everything, they started crashing the cars. Right. Because <laughs> they wouldn't allow the ABS to kick in. They'd go back to pumping the brakes and it wouldn't work. Yeah. So, I'm sliding uphill. Both ways. Towards a red light. Barefoot. At this stage. And... <laughs> Bless you. With my foot on the brake going, come on, come on, the ABS will kick in. Well, it didn't. I rear-ended the woman in front of me. Uh, so and I how drunk out. were you? I wasn't drunk at all. I was Damn it, what fun is that? So, <coughs> there was a trestle in front of me. <laughs> I said, why don't we pull up under the trestle and we can exchange information. And it was a woman and a daughter, and they just fucking legged it. Really? <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, put pretty... the car in gear and got out of there. They must have yep. thought like that I rear-ended them on purpose. It was wow. up to no good. That happened to me once oh, when I was playing happens. poker. Yep. Uh-huh. I was playing poker and we all won the bad beat jackpot. I've told you a story, right, Jody? We the, we win the bad beat jackpot, which is if someone has a terrible hand, the entire room or the, the entire casino wins. In this case, it was three casinos together. We win the hand, so everyone at the table is lined up for like six hundred bucks for doing nothing, for just sitting there. So you have to fill out these forms, like tax forms, that you want six hundred bucks. This Chinese guy gets up and he's like, "Later," and we're like, "Dude, you want?" He leaves his coffee there. We're like, "You want six hundred bucks?" He's like, "See you." He just booked. <laughs> Whoa! Because he's, you know, he, I don't know, he's on the lam or illegally. Don't want to put his information in there. A lot of people right. do that at poker tournaments too. That they sign up with fake names and stuff. Yeah. Because if they if if they win, they're not going to take the money anyway, but they don't want there to be a record that they were gambling. Amanda Hug and Kiss. I hate oh, to yeah, say this, d- and I don't want to you know, like be anti-Asian here. And, and That's not the point of the show at all. But um, one time a, a Chinese food delivery guy on a scooter <laughs> rammed into the back of my dad's van, and he was on the floor. And I'm like, are you okay? And my dad's looking through the bag for food. It's <laughs> like, you got anything good in here? It was terrible. He was fine. Uh, speaking of, <laughs> speaking of Asians, I was talking to my assistant, Mr. <laughs> Fang. <laughs> I'm not stopping, Ryan. Oh, he was saying that. Uh, I think he was. Uh, I think it was Taiwan. He was speaking about. That's where he's from, and uh, he said that if in Taiwan. If you hit somebody with your car, a pedestrian, it's actually more economical to kill them than what? it is for them. And a lot of times, they'll back over the guy again and then oh, go. Oh, God. Yeah. Jesus Christ. No, no, no. 
<laughs> you, you know you're gonna get sued and like you know murder is probably like fine you just go to jail right it's gonna cost you a whole lot less and you get a few free meals and <laughs> this is just you know what the problem is that going to a Taiwanese jail Ryan is that you're hungry half an hour later I'm very sorry <laughs> <laughs> oh no <laughs> John would you like to I'm leaving right now this show is racist John, would you like to hear my very, very embarrassing story about an Asian person? Just, just dive in, my if friend. Why ask, I ask now? <laughs> <laughs> I'm behind the bar, and uh, we're the Donald I, Trump of podcasts, right? Right. Now. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm. It's a spring day. I'm behind the bar. We have the front door open, so I could see outside onto the street. And a gentleman rolls up on a bike, parks it against the window, and in his hands he has two plastic-looking shopping bags, like delivery-style bags. And, you know, with one of the bags raised, he waves to me, he's shaking the bag, and he's looking at me. So I made an announcement through the bar. I'm like, yo, who ordered the Chinese food? Right. And the kid shouts in the bar. He's like, no, 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 Brian, it's your friend Alex from college. How are you? Right. Uh, oh, shit. They all look alike to you? No, but come here, on. Brian? C- give me a break. He had, he had a bicycle. He parked against the window. He had two shopping bags. <laughs> I thought he was the delivery guy. <laughs> thought your buddy from college was the Chinese and food then, delivery man. Yeah, well, then I saw, and I saw, oh, my God, it is. Hey, how you doing? And he was like, didn't work yeah, out. Yeah, <laughs> he, didn't, he didn't stay too long at that bar that day. So that really happened. I felt like a dick. Do, I, do Chinese food uh, guys come in and often ask you, like, uh, hey, yeah, I'm looking for, all the time. Yep. Uh, I'm, yep. I'm looking for the Iron Sheik. <laughs> that was you, right? Well, no, not even. So they, they they lost on the street. Like, who orders food? Right, right. But then, but did, he, did he take offense to it? Of course. <laughs> and no, but I mean, we laughed at it. Of but course. then he was like, you know, he was like, right, see you later. <laughs> do you think in China, when they all want to have a special night out, do they all say, let's order American food? No, but I- God. Let's go. For Chinese New nope. Year's. It's like an 80s stand-up comedy bit. <laughs> like John Mulrooney or something. Right. Yeah, let's start playing with the sound effects on the board, baby. <laughs> so let me tell you about the birds and the bees, son. <laughs> yeah, okay, blow me, man. <laughs> I realized that the bee, birds and bees are symbolic for reproduction. It's, oh, it's, it's just finally just dawned on you. You're 60 years old. You're a school right. teacher. You know the fucking birds I, and, and bees. And I, I did a pretty good job of explaining it to him that you know something. Flowers I want to say something can't right now. move around to do it. You're so. a fucking moron. <laughs> I love you, but I mean, Jesus Christ! You know the birds and the bees. Don't you think the springtime Houlihan- sex? Right. And don't you think the Houlihan boys taught him this shit already? <laughs> it's, it's right. No. Listen, he told Kevin. Me he knew nothing. <laughs> Uh, when I a bird I, is hungry, it eats a bee. Shit. <laughs> Wear a condom. Then he vomits the bee onto a flower, game. and more flowers are born. Do you, you ever catch your son on an ex-hamster by any chance? <laughs> <laughs> That's not a pet shot. No. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, sorry, I'm wrong, Mike. L.A. just tied the game 4-4 with 29 what seconds about? left. And yes, Wobbles, the Rangers still do play hockey. We're in se- second place, so eat a dick yeah. with yeah. your rapist Patrick Kane on the team. Wow. <laughs> Mario, Just do you know what X Hamster is? Yeah. And our backup goalie is in. So X Hamster? Yeah, it's like a hamster app. I don't. I don't. Ha- the only apps I have are the ones that I order at restaurants. <laughs> <laughs> what is X Hamster? With a coupon at Pizza Uno. Exactly. A, nobody a, knows. Some nobody antiquated knows. porn site Ryan J owes to. <laughs> I know that. It, Hamsters may be used illicitly in so- certain sexual situations. I had sex on stage in Amsterdam, my friend. Mario goes on X-Gerbil. X-Gerbil. <laughs> I'm freezing my ass off for this. Anyway, I did a great job, yeah. and uh, I think I got a little too carried away because I went into, like, what do you do in your 20s? And, and like, if you're not married, maybe you might want to 
actually have some sexual relationships, and my wife's like, you've gone too far. Yeah, you scared him away from right, it. He's never so. going to touch right. a girl now. Now, now Mario, and, right. and now he's like really nervous. Yeah. And I'm like, Don't worry, he wasn't going to touch a girl anyway. He's <laughs> like, the other the other night afterwards, he's like, I'm really nervous. I'm like, what are you, get, what are you nervous about? He goes, uh, terrorism, I'm afraid of ISIS. I said, the only thing you have to be afraid of is Italian ISIS, because I'm here, baby. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's take a quick break. i got to take a leak. And, let's uh, take a long break. <laughs> let's take a long break, and uh, we'll go warm up and hope that uh, CJ Ramon will be calling in uh, shortly. maybe shortly. Yeah. Oh, man, the phone. Give us a shout, oh. CJ. Thank you, everyone, for being patient. Uh, CJ, for listening, calling in at your soonest convenience. Thank you. <laughs> That's right. Join Italian ISIS.
Yeah, that's the Ramones with Rock and Roll High School. And you're back live from the Barrage here on Radio Nope. We're waiting for CJ Ramone to call in. Oh, so what the hell is this? <laughs> What's going on? And that's also Rock and Roll High School. That's correct, Tommy. Thank you for joining us here on Live from the Barrage. We're sorry that R.E.M. Uh, song we played was an accident. That was uh, another radio station that uh, got in there. Hold on. Here's the megaphone part. In the middle. That's, that saves the whole song, according to Bradley. Where'd you get that? <laughs> Clay gave it to me for my birthday, th- like joking around, and I thought it was going to be like this loud ass megaphone. I was like, "Oh, this rules!" and it doesn't like do anything. Is it battery powered? Uh, yeah, yeah, it's only good for doing Long Island Railroad announcements. <laughs> <It's> MTA. <laughs> Next stop, Broadway. Broadway. Station Broadway. Please walk forward. You must be in the four first four cars. First four cars. The platform at Murray Hill. Thank you're you're going to love Murray. This train Hill. does not stop at Orbindale. <laughs> no Orbindale on this train. <laughs> 
Hey, while we wait for CJ, why don't we do the news? Yeah, we're waiting for CJ Ramon to call him. We don't know what happened. Ho- hopefully, he's okay. Yeah. You know, you never know. He, you know, I'm not ready to uh, bash him yet. No, <laughs> and I won't. But well, you know, you don't know. People's lives have things. That, I apologize to the audience who has tuned in to listen to CJ. Uh, he hasn't called in yet. He still might. You never know. Yeah, let, let, just to clear on the audience, we're all set with his agent and him, and he was all excited to do it, so hopefully he's nothing happened to him. Yeah, yeah I mean, if you know him, go knock on his door he or re, something. He, he retweeted or liked the tweet like right. Uh, uh, right before the show, and he was he's they were on top of it, so I, I'm not sure. If you're listening, 718-577-2716. For everyone call, uh, listening in tonight, specifically to hear the interview with C.J. Ramon, which I prepared extensively for, <laughs> um, I apologize to you. Um, we're not sure what happened. We don't have his hopefully phone Hopefully he's number. okay. We just uh, we're in contact with his agent, and uh, we don't know what happened. Hopefully he's all right. And uh, I hope he didn't get into an accident. Hopefully everything's everything's fine. Uh, Well, why don't we do the news, and then if he calls, we'll drop it. Let's do the news, and then uh, if he calls, we'll drop it. We should drop it anyway. (laughs) God, I hope he calls. Here's Tommy Rockstar's news. Non-breaking news. Tommy Rockstar. All right. All right. We have a story here out of Oregon. A heavy metal rocker's one-of-a-kind torn-up patch-covered denim vest that was stolen three years, years ago in Oregon has, has mis- become sentient. <laughs> 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 They've taken over. Has mysteriously showed up in a Macy's department store, s- store display window in New York City. Uh, the, a man who goes by the name of Meshach Babcock was given the vest by a childhood friend years ago. A bed and a goat. Babcock. A bed and a goat. Babcock then added dozens of unique patches and of local metal and hardcore bands, as well as some personal handwriting, making it truly individual. Denim and leather brought us I, all I, together. I, and, Tommy, I have to add something. I saw a picture of the said item, right. and there is a Misfits Crimson Ghost on the inside lining, yeah. which is Ooh. super hot. Pretty, pretty sweet. Nice. Is there any crocus patches on there? <laughs> Den- I wouldn't be surprised. Denim and leather brought us all together. <laughs> right. Hey, but it was you that set the spirit free. Good night. He said, quote, it was given to me by a friend who got it from his friend who said he got it from his grandpa. Hey, this is Woody Ho- <laughs> Sorry, I, I hit the wrong button. Heard it from a friend who heard it from another you were messing around. Whose friend said it was his grandpa's old biker vest. It's the first time we've harmonized, I would think, Jody. Yeah. It's probably the last. Uh, <laughs> you know, said Babcock, the bass player of the band Maniac. <laughs> Babcock. Apparently someone stole the vest three years ago after his band played a battle of the bands in Oregon City High School. Dude, do you see my fucking vest, bro? <laughs> no, I haven't seen it. Babcock eventually gave it up, gave up looking for it, thinking he'd never see it again until he received a phone call from a friend saying, quote, Meshach, I think I found your vest. And he sent a picture along with this one-of-a-kind vest in a Ralph Lauren polo display at the Macy's department store in New York. <laughs> I'd like to see it receive a phone for. call one day. What were they, Tommy, do we know what they were asking for it? No, it was just at like a store display. It was, display. Yeah, it was not just for part sale. of the trade uh, dress. That's right. Oh, window dressing. Uh, um, Babcock said he took one look at the picture and immediately knew it was his, as all the patches were completely the same. When fellow heavy metal heads around the world found out about it, um, they took to social media to help him get it back. Babcock said... Uh, headbangers from Australia, Sweden, and Germany were all talking about it and being really supportive, adding that news articles were written about it uh, by the New Yorker and even local radio stations like FM's 105.9 The Brew. Right. What's your favorite crocus <laughs> tape? You went to old crocus? Uh, according to an official spokesperson, Macy's and Polo's, uh, Macy's and Polo must first acknowledge who the jacket belongs to before sending it back to him, uh, who's curious to see where it's been for the last three years saying, quote, I would really like to figure out 
all this traveling that happened to my vest and that it was doing without me. Uh, there's got to be uh, some people out there who can give me information on where it went. It's got stickers and airport codes all <laughs> <Yeah>. over it. <laughs> some weed in the pocket. The ski Anthony. lift uh, taking things hanging off. <laughs> he said the other thing about the vest is that it had never been washed. And uh, when I saw the picture... <laughs> I can smell. That's mine. I was really hoping they didn't wash it because that would lose all of its mojo factor. Right. It has like lemmy sweat and shit on it. It's like an antique. Once you touch it up, it's over. Forget exactly. about it's it. Got a good- you got to layer the slayer. I have a uh, MC jacket that I'm going to put on auction soon. It's... Uh, <laughs> The one that I wore back there in the early 80s. I'm going to dig it out and put it up for auction. Why? What's so special What's special about it? Uh, it's got a, a Barbie doll hanging from it with no legs and mascara and a mohawk. It has oh, a God. crest patch. It has a specials painting on the back. Uh, it's pretty. It's <laughs> what it, I wore. It was my uniform. <laughs> was it the, the dancing couple with the checkerboard? No, board? it's uh, 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 Al Capone's guns don't argue. All right. Mm. <laughs> and this is worth money. What if hair I think it is do. authentic, authentic <laughs> MC jacket worn in the seventies, eighties. Sure, yeah. right from a man like myself of importance. The back, of course, was two tone black and white, right? No, it wasn't. I had a dungaree jacket that was right. that black and white. Uh, dun- oh, dungaree? Yes, I did. Well, this next story is out of Florida. You guys, <laughs> <laughs> these guys are doing their own show yeah. down there. <laughs> I haven't been. Hey, you guys could take it. Yeah, take 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 a break. We got it. <laughs> a uh, a Florida fast food restaurant got a customer it wasn't expecting when a live alligator was tossed through its drive-through window <laughs> by a local patron. <laughs> Mario, are you, familiar, are you familiar with this bit, Mario? Uh, we serve fresh alligator. <laughs> Jonas James, age 23, of Jupiter, Florida, had wanted to play a practical joke on a friend working inside a Wendy's restaurant in Royal Palm Beach. <laughs> this would be a funny joke. I'll throw a live dinosaur <laughs> ten foot alligator. into the window. An actual dinosaur. When he decided to hurl a three-foot reptile into the building... Ah, uh, just a baby. ...that he found on the side of the road before coaching the re- uh, coaxing the, re- the reptile back to his truck, according to reports. Quote, it was a stupid prank, said Linda James, the man's mother. Uh, the man faces charges of aggravated assault and unlawful... Alligator assault? Alligator assault. <laughs> <laughs> Possession of uh, transportation of an alligator. I guess well, that's a law. You watch swamp people? They just pull up on these 10-foot monsters, these beauties that have been living forever, and they just drag them into the boat and shoot them with a shotgun. He transported it across state lines. It's terrible. <laughs> oh, that must be it. Yeah, it's okay to And it shoot. was also a minor. I think alligators get a bad rap. You know, yeah. they don't really attack people too much. I mean, when they do, <laughs> you're probably dead. Well, you know there's a big difference between an alligator and a crocodile, right? Alligators are more like uh, dormant creatures. So oh, they, really? They definitely get a... In temperament, you mean? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, that's I didn't true. Know that. I was in Australia. Crocodiles don't fuck around. There's signs. <laughs> don't go here. Yeah. Don't get in this right. water. Crocodiles do not fuck. I don't around. even think they <laughs> taste good though. You got to run zigzag to get away from them. Serpentine. <laughs> Mr. James. Dr- Mr. James drove through the Wendy's restaurant and placed an order, received a drink at the drive-thru window, and then threw the alligator through the opening, terrifying employees. A photo of the alligator. <laughs> a photo of the alligator sitting on the floor at the restaurant has appeared on social media, though the alligator was released back into the I wild. Just like, dude, I work at Wendy's. Nothing phases me anymore. <laughs> Life can't get worse. You're going to toss a dinosaur through the window. Who gives a shit? Right. This is another story. It's out of Washington, D.C. This is the story that you blew up earlier. Yes, can I take your order, please? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let me see if I get this right. One alligator burger. <laughs> Small fries. <laughs> Three-foot alligator, kid's meal. A Chris sandwich? And a salute. Uh, Schadenfreude. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a, the restaurant chain Chipotle temporarily closed all of its locations this past Monday. To the guy's like, hey, uh, yeah, this is a, let me get a, let me get a, a, a chili cheese, 
Uh, small fries, a baconator. I know it's you, Phil. Don't throw a fucking alligator <laughs> through the window again, you piece of shit. Stop fucking with me at work. I'm going to lose my job. <laughs> the, the restaurant chain Chipotle temporarily closed all of its locations this past Monday to brief employees on its new... Stop shitting in the burrito. <laughs> thing. On its nude food safe, safety standards. Nude food safety? <laughs> now I like this place. Uh, which has been plaguing the chain for some time now. In an effort to pay back any customers who might have been stu- who might have stopped by for lunch, only to find that the doors were locked, the chain offered a free burrito deal. <laughs> Open the fucking doors! <laughs> we're hungry. To anyone who texted "rain check" to the number eight 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 two two two. Yeah, I hipped uh, Allison Redmond to this because I know she liked that crappy Chipotle. I'm like, text this to the text this. Right. And I don't know if she did it or not, but apparently, go ahead. I know what you're going to say here, Tom. Well, it was a good move for the company that's been facing a PR nightmare in recent months, but unfortunately for Chipotle, there was a hitch. When some people in the Washington, D.C. area accidentally added an extra digit of the number two to the phone number, resulting in a local man being inundated with nonstop requests for free burritos. <laughs> you can't get anything right, those poor Chipotle people. <laughs> uh, Henry Levine um, was minding his own business Monday when he began receiving hundreds of texts. He's J-O-ing to some weird <laughs> shit. Don't worry. Sounds that like a story we played. heard earlier in the show. No, right. Nobody's innocent. That guy was not minding his own fucking business. He was doing something fucked up. Uh, we started receiving hundreds of texts demanding a free burrito, some angrily. <laughs> I don't people care are, that you don't wash your lettuce. People are angry. Just that, give me a burrito. That they couldn't get lunch one day. Like, people are pissed off about that. They don't care oh. that they're, you know, about anything else. They're mad that they didn't get a burrito. Guess we'll have to go to the Chipotle across hey, the street. Call it. You're on the air. Oh, hey, hey what's up, hey, CJ? Hey, How's it going, man? All right. How's it going, guys? Good. Thanks for calling in. Appreciate it, dude. All right. How you been? How you doing? Is everything okay? Yeah, everything's good. I uh I'm actually cramming for the uh the uh Motorhead well Lemmy tribute show that we're doing Sunday night at Barry Electric. Right. And um I got involved in doing a doing a little bit of uh work on my L six here and uh I lost track of time. Oh, you have an L six guitar? I have two of them. Nice. Success? I'm, yeah, I'm I'm, pl- I'm actually playing. Uh, it's uh, Phil Caivano and um, uh, Phil Caivano from Monster Magnet and um, um, Todd Youth are uh, are playing uh, in the you know in the band also. That's sweet. And, um, that's so good. That's the guitar you use because that's the guitar I play. That's crazy. I have two L successes. Yeah. That's all yeah. I have. Yep, I bought it. Um, my first L six I bought probably like 1990. Right. And um, they were cheap back then, and now they're. Like, oh yeah. yeah, I think I paid three hundred bucks for it. Right, I think I paid four hundred and like five hundred for both of them, and they're, now yeah. they're probably like like eight, nine, a thousand. Let's see, Carlos Santana, Paul Stanley, Angus Young, Malcolm Young. Yeah. Right, yeah, I love that guitar. It's a player's yeah, guitar. Great. <laughs> so how you doing, CJ? I, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. You're worried we're, about uh, you. I'm getting, you know, just getting set to um, uh, get into the studio in March. And record a new one, so you know. Nice. And the la- the, the latest one, uh, Last Chance to Dance, came out in what late 2014. That, that's yeah, the yeah. Well, well, we signed to Fat in um, I think it was uh, September, October 2014, and we got the record out in November. Right. The so, record sounds spent, really good, uh, man. All the last year, trotting around the world, and. Uh, and uh, promoting it. I was listening to the album, and we played a bunch of it. Your voice sounds better than ever, and the the, the sound of it sounds great. Yeah. Did you, who'd you record that with? 
we recorded at a studio out in Santa Ana, California, um, called the Racket Room. The guy who owns it, Jim Monroe, uh, he um, engineered it, and um, myself, Steve Soto from the adolescents and Jim produced it. Steve Soto, great guy. It sounds good, man. Yeah. And the players on the whoever's playing drums and guitar and that's great too. These guys are pros. Right. How'd you hook up with Soto Adolescent Steve Soto from Adolescence. How'd you hook up with him? That's great. I uh back in ninety nine, um I was friends with Joe Sib. That's right, twenty two uh, jacks, right? You, you know Joe Sib, yeah, from Fat, yep. yep. I mean from Side One Dummy Records. Right. Um he was in Wax and uh at the time, he was playing with a band called 22 Jacks. Steve Soto was in the band. They had a, uh, a tour of Australia booked, and their bass player had left, and they were in need of a bass player, and I was not doing anything at the time. So I actually, I had my own band, Los Gusanos, but we were not touring at the time. I jumped in. I did the tour with them. Me and Steve headed off. We, you know, we got along real well, and... Um, and uh, we stayed, you know, we stayed pretty much stayed in touch over the years. And uh, in 2012, when I was putting my first record together as C.J. Ramon, uh, Ray Conquista, I had recorded the record twice and and was just was not happy. You know, I wanted the first record I did to C.J. Ramon to be to live up to the name. And I recorded it twice and just did not dig the way it came out. And I got in touch with Steve and I said, I told him my dilemma, and he said, listen, give me a couple weeks. I'll get a studio booked. So not only did he book the studio, but he brought in Jay Bentley from Bad Religion and wow. Johnny Two Bags from Social Distortion and <laughs> Billy Zoom from X and wow. Johnny Mao from uh, Social Distortion. And we had um, Frank Agnew, who played with the adolescents yeah. early on. And, uh um, Heavy hitters. Was on there? Dennis Casey from Flog and Molly played on it. We had just like a real incredible lineup of guitar players and bass players that came out and played on it. And and when we got done with the record, uh, you know, I said to Steve, I was like, how would you feel about coming out and, and, and playing this on tour? And he was like, I'd love to. So he dragged uh, Dan Root, who also plays guitar in the adolescents out. Well, Steve, of course, plays bass. And uh, we had... Um, we actually had a, uh, had a bunch of different drummers, um, everybody from Brant Bjork from Caius to uh, Dave Hidalgo Jr. from Social Distortion. Wow. To, uh, um, we've had um, Pete Sosa from the Street Dogs out with us. Uh, we I just had Chris Eller from uh, the Huntington's out with me. So there's been a it's been a, quite a few drummers, but Steve and uh, Steve and Dan pretty much have been uh, there solidly. Yeah, I was going to say, CJ, because you and I met uh, originally in Australia. This is Tommy Rockstar um, on the Warp Tour, and I, I knew that Steve was playing with you with 22 yeah. Jacks. I didn't know that that was the first time you guys had all gotten together. I thought you guys maybe went back before that. So that's that's cool to know that that first time was where it all came from, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, uh, that was my first time out. And I'll tell you, you know, being in the business as long as I have, mm. it's... Um, you meet a lot of really good players and a lot of real solid singers and, you know, real professional type people. But I, I tell you, Steve is definitely one of a kind. The guy can sing like mad, plays a solid, solid rhythm guitar, and is just, just like a, a real professional. And and he really, uh, right. he really made a, a, you know, really made my transition back into music, like getting back into it full time. He really made it a, a heck of a lot easier than it would have been without him. <laughs> Uh, very cool. That's so cool. 
CJ, thank you so much for calling in. Uh, We appreciate it because we're a bunch of guys from Queens sitting around, and you were born in Queens, right? I mean, and and the funny thing about every Ramon is, and and, you know, these rock stars sort of like, you know, people start losing their accents. And we yeah. we keep it real. Like <laughs> CJ sounds like you know they all we around all the sound the same, right? Or around, like from around the block, nobody's yep. ever dropped the accent. It's great. <laughs> yeah, I, I was uh, born in Terrace Heights Hospital. We lived at we lived in uh, Fresh Meadows at the time, right? When I was first born, and then uh, lived over in Jamaica, right off Hillside Avenue, 183rd Street. All right, and yeah, not far from here. Yeah, that's where. And, oh, there's a couple good bagel places over there. Right, and right. then we moved out here to Long Island back in the early seventies. Right, yeah. so where in Long Island are you? Are you on Long Island now? Yeah, yeah, I'm like um, uh, South Central Long Island, like uh, closer to the South Shore, pretty much dead smack in the middle. Right, what's the neighborhood like? What Plainview or something? No, no, I, we're in uh, town of Islip. Oh, okay, oh, you're in Islip. Yeah, Very good. Yep, I live, uh, you know, Islip Airport, not too far. Right, right. Sure. Yeah, sure. We know all that. Back off. Yeah. Cool, man. I'm glad you're still uh, staying in Long Island. That's keeping it. Oh, you yeah. Know, for pe- that, that's the actual keeping it real is when you still live on Long Island. You know, people yeah. don't realize. <laughs> I don't know if you're around for that. This isn't one of my questions. But uh, when there was, like, you know, like uh, 10 or 15 years ago, there was an actual little scene out in Long Island where these kids, like these real punk kids, would get together, like young kids, and go out yep. to, in, like, Riverhead and Ground Zero in, uh, in Belmore, Pewak. And they would actually just show. It, w- it was like the old days where they would just show up to shows no matter what was happening, and just to see punk rock. And I, yep. that, it, being from Queens, there was no like scene like that in the '90s. But I don't know if you you knew about that. You were involved in that at all? You know no, what I'm talking I, about? I know. You know, I know a lot of the. Uh, I know a lot of guys that work in the scene and and uh, guys that promote shows and stuff. And and the, um, you know, it, it's funny. Long Island. Now I'm going back a, lo- a, a ways. Like when I first came up. Um, in the in the I first started playing in clubs in the early '80s, so I was playing in clubs before I was old enough to drink in them. Right. But um, the scene on Long Island was incredible back then. But it was you know it was a metal scene, absolutely one hundred percent a metal scene. Hammerheads, but it Februarys, was, Good uh, Rats, Februarys, whatever it was. Yeah, <laughs> it was such a really strong scene. I mean, like any night of the week, pretty much you could go out and see a show, and it would be packed. And there were a ton of clubs and everything, but you know it just started to die off, and it died a really, really quick death. And um, it's it, it's it, Long Island's a, a tough place to get a scene started. You know, it's well, it's not like you know in Queens. You know, you could well at least you could take the subways and all that stuff, get around whatever. But Long Island, you got to drive everywhere, right. and Long Island's a big place. You know what I mean? So right. some. Some scenes are really specific to their towns, even. Right. But well, it's, um, it it kind of don't, don't you think sometimes it makes it almost better? Like it's more focused. Like if you go to Manhattan, yeah. like it's so spread out because it's Manhattan and there's no real scene in the city, even though it's the biggest city in the world. It should be this mecca of music, like back when you know yeah. punk rock started. It's not like that there. But in a in a small town in Long Island, you can get a bunch of guys to get get together yep. and 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 unify to this one thing. You know, it's, you can't really do that in in the city. And I was just going to add to that. Uh, you know, the scene that we're talking about, you know, was you know in the in the in the mid nineties that we're kind of prevalent for. CJ was on the road at the, the height of the Ramones at that time too, you know. So like the indie rock yeah. scene, that, you know, so we're, it's almost right. like we missed but each other. But it wasn't an indie rock scene, Tommy. It was like a it was a crazy it's like Arrival. this just pocket punk of revival. punk rock sure. kids who were like twenty years old. And and it wasn't the punk rock era. It was like this nuts yep. thing that they right. just showed up. They had mohawks. They were, they were skinheads. A lot of ska. A lot of ska. The whole the whole crazy yep. thing. But hey, uh, that, but you know that's the, uh, the the other thing too about Long Island. 
it, there, it, there's a lot of young people out here. So, you know, you pretty much if whenever you have a, a group of young people, a scene is going to come up. You know what I mean? If it's a, if right. it's a large enough group of kids. But I, I tell you, right now, I don't even know. Like, I don't even know what, what scene, you know, what scene the kids could really gather up around because I just don't seem to be a whole, there doesn't seem to be a whole lot going on right now musically. Everyone's kind of like waiting for the next big thing. But, uh, you know, hopefully, you know, I guess, you know, to me, the last like big musical movement like that got real, real popular was the emo thing. Right. That was to me. That's the last thing that kind of took over everything, and that's when I checked out. Yeah. That's <laughs> yeah. when I was like, All right. exactly. Well, that's what's funny is because you know with this, I don't want to stay too long in this punk rock scene, in Long Island in the '90s, which was like <laughs> for some reason just there. But because there was no good music to latch onto, these kids were like, "Let's go back and latch onto yep. this," you know, and they identify yep. with it, you know, and it's uh, that's something that's timeless that you know. You can't get away from it. Now it's just everything's kind of like, I don't know, feels, feels like a throwaway jams. Yeah, it's it's really bizarre. It's a really, really bizarre, like, kind of limbo that uh, that music's in right now. But, you know, the, the cool thing is, is I still find bands out there that I dig. And I'm not talking about, you know, they're not like ultra new or anything like that. But I still find bands out there that I like. Yeah. And as long as I can find something new to listen to, I'm happy. You know what I mean? Right. I'm, I'm, I, I, I don't, I can't really complain. But for you know, to me, it's always important for for every generation to have their scene that's rooted in either rock and roll or punk and nothing like that. You know, to me, it's really important for it to for it to happen. You know, just to keep the you know, just to keep the 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 genre going. You know what I mean? Yeah. But do you still seek can, out seek out new music? Uh, you know, you're you're. 50 i guess right now you know we're all in our 40s here i mean do you still like look look for new stuff to listen to or it falls into your i'm, lap in, I'm in my 50s brother right <laughs> <laughs> well, i'll drink to that you know October, it's funny so i'm i i just you know i'm i'm starting to get the arp applications and all that stuff um, <laughs> but i'm uh i'll uh, meet you at ihop for a discount breakfast <laughs> yeah exactly um uh you know, I I I'm lucky because I get fans sending me stuff when I'm on the road. We play with you know we play with bands. I get CDs dropped on me all the time, so I'm really in a pretty good position for for hearing some some good stuff. You know, are you and, in a, um are you in a place? Yeah, that- I still always do. I still always look for new stuff. I can't help it. Right. You know, and especially like now when I'm getting ready to write a new record, I'm always looking for something to to get me inspired and always looking for something to get me up. But you know, for me, if I'm if I'm really you know if I need something to pick me up, I just come downstairs, you know, throw you know put on some Black Sabbath on vinyl and sit down and crank that out for a little Sounds while, good. and it usually gets me into a pretty good place. There so. you go. Are you able? I mean, I know you did a lot of touring over your life. You've been all over the world. Are you able to? Are you? Is your family? Are you? Is your family life in a place now where you can go out on the road? I mean, I know you last year you were in uh, South America and all this stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I told I've been, I've been hitting. Last year I hit it pretty hard. I think I did more dates than any other year since the Ramones retired. Yeah, and this one this year is shaping up to be uh, shaping up to be even more than last year. Um, my the, for, you know for uh, for a while there I was a single dad. <clears throat> yeah, and um, 
and I had just kind of left music altogether. I, I stopped playing when I found out my son was autistic. I, I tried it for a little while, but once I realized what the situation was like and, and that, uh, you know, my, my, my first two kids' mom, you know, was, it was just going to be too tough for her to, to handle that on her own. I just stopped touring. And then, uh, uh, we split, and I got uh, custody of the kids. So I just, I really just wrote it all off and, right. and stopped touring altogether. Yeah, well, that's a, you're, I got, that's a you're um, real man. Oh, yeah, that's I, a man's, that's I totally, a man's job. I totally ducked out for several years. Didn't right. Metallica offer you the bass player job or or an audition, yeah. and you had to you turned it down because you had to you, you know you were too busy with the you know I didn't know that with the stuff. Yeah, yeah. Twice they offered it to me. Twice wow. they really, you know, they really had a uh, they had a tough time finding somebody. They really did because Johnny called me up and and uh, Johnny was good friends with Kirk Hammett. Um, huh. And uh, Johnny called me up and he said we had done our retirement tour uh, was Lollapalooza '96. Right. So we had played with Metallica on that tour. And uh, so when uh, Jason Newstead left, Johnny called me up and he was like, Hey, listen. If you want this gig, it's yours. They already know how you play. They just want you to, you know, get out by them and and get into the studio and and uh, they want to hear you. You know, they want to hear you play. And uh, that's crazy. But See, at the time, my son had just been diagnosed with. Uh, how old, how old is too, your son? Not too long before that. How old is your son now, CJ? Liam, now right? you wouldn't even you wouldn't. My son is eighteen, but if you met him, it's it's difficult to tell that he's that he's even autistic, and no. it's you know. And I'm not saying it's because I didn't play in Metallica and I stayed <laughs> right. home. And, but, no, but you, you did know, the, the right, right thing. thing. You know, I I really worked hard with him. Right. And um and we, I mean, but there's a whole team of people that worked hard with him, and uh, and you know, I just don't know if he would have had as good a shot. As be as being as good as he is, had I not been here, because pretty much, I mean, you know how Metallica tours, they're, they're oh, yeah. machine, forget about it. Yeah. You know, they go out, they go out and do you know tour for a year. And, I, I just uh, want to ask you, CJ, how do you feel about like, what are your thoughts on that? Would you would you enjoy yourself in Metallica? Could you have seen yourself in Metallica? Oh yeah, without it, I was a huge Metallica fan. In fact, when Cliff Burton died, I tried like hell to get an audition. Wow, I tried like hell to get an audition. I. I, and I knew nobody. I I didn't even know how to go about it. But I I contacted everybody I knew out here from the music scene that had any type of connection to anybody that even might remotely be related to Metallica. I did. I really tried hard to to see if uh, to see if I could get an audition. But you know, of course, it was. I don't. I don't even know if they actually held auditions after Cliff Burton died. I think they they might have even approached Jason Newstead because. Yeah. Uh, Flotsam and Jetsam was pretty uh, hot at that point. Right. Does that change your whole, um, you know, perspective as a father? Like, your dad was in the military, right? My dad was yeah. in the military, and then you were you were a marine, and like, yeah. I don't, I'm not sure how, like, you were parented in that, like, you know, kind of like tough it out kind of thing. It's got to change everything for you that, like, you can't, you know, you you can't grab your son by the by the, yeah. by the scruff yeah, and yeah, be like, it, hey man, go it, out it, there and do, you know. You can't yell at them. Uh, you got to change your whole attitude about stuff, you know. <laughs> yeah, you de- you definitely do. But I'll tell you, it 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 made it definitely made me a, a, a much better person, much more grounded and much more accepting. It, it definitely changed me uh, in a lot of ways. And you know, if I've always said, like, if I remove myself, you know, if, when looking back, if if I remove the whole fact that he's my son and all the emotions that go along. 
along with it and everything else. The process of watching him go from being nonverbal and basically like, you know, really like living in his own world to now where he's on the high honor roll, number three runner on the cross-country team. Um, nice. Wow. Heading to college next year, you know, he goes to culinary arts school already now in the afternoon, you know, uh, in the afternoons, and next year he'll be in a culinary arts school. So watching that whole process happen and, and, and you know, learning about it and, and, and uh, you know, to, to to be able to work with your kid effectively, you have to know them better than better than anybody else could ever hope to. So even that process of just really, you know, most parents they do the best they can, but they you know they have distractions and they got to do this and they got to do that. I had to put I had to put everything in my life aside, and he was everything. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? That's that's the truth. It's Being a full time job, and, and not just him, but my my daughter too. Like I I became so focused on being a parent that everything else became secondary and. You know, I, I, I just, th- that kind of commitment and that kind of um, situation makes you into a completely different person. It really, really does. And, and I'll tell you, I, I wouldn't trade the experience for anything. And of Not course, for Metallica. Know, <laughs> no. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> do I wish, you know, do I wish that my son had born without? Autism, absolutely. I, I, I absolutely, but not for my sake. You know, not because it would have made my life easier, but just for his own sake right. that he wouldn't right. have had to yeah. go through a lot of the Dude, stuff. I wasn't. I swear, and, I wasn't even going to bring it up, but I'm. I, I think it's a great conversation. I think that yeah. uh, you know what what you've done there is is. Yeah, I, I, and and you know what, I don't have any problem talking with it. I try to advocate for other parents as often as I can. I've had fans contact me, and they're like, "I just found out my my child is autistic." I, you know, I'm I'm looking for advice and or or you know, can you point me in direction? And I've I've given I've gotten uh, phone numbers off of some of these people and called them up and coached them. And yeah. because my experience is, you know, is it has value, you know, it has worth. It's because it was so intense and and I've been through the whole system and I understand how to, you know, how to deal with the schools and psychiatrists and so right. I'm I'm always more than happy to share that with no, people because it is a it's a tough road it's a real battle you know it's it's a it's it's a life-changing thing so i always you know i always tell people hey, you wander out into this thing where you don't people don't even know like what autistic means is anymore like this is yep. so many guys so many kids on the what they call the spectrum whatever and you just wander yep. out into this world where there's no definitive like this is how we deal with it because it's kind of yep. like, it's it's not that it's a new thing but to us you know in in this society it's new and it's that's i can't yeah. imagine just going out there and 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 just taking it like like it's a new frontier it's it's just, yeah that and that's real you know i'm lucky enough that like i never I never fell into the, the what was me and and what causes it and I need to know when I need to know. Yeah, yeah. When I found out, the first thing I said to the doctor as soon as I, I heard what the diagnosis was, I was relieved because I didn't know what the hell was going on. Yeah. So I was relieved, and I just said to the guy, I "Go, you tell me what I have to do to give my kid the the best shot he's going to have at being the best he is, and that's all I'm concerned with. Right. I don't care what causes it. I don't care about, you know." 
allergies and, and you know, I, I don't care about any of it. All I want to know is what do I have to do to give him the best shot that he's going to have? And that's that was my approach to it. I never went through a grieving process or, you know, oh, I'll never have the son I thought I was I didn't go through any of that. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. A lot of people do go through it. It is, it, you know, well, it can completely be a really normal, devastating it's, thing. Yeah, it's, it's healthy the way that, they, they, that you're approaching it. Yeah. What are you going to do? Well, you, you I know, mean, you brother, can't, sit in, I, I can't you, look back. And you know? I've, I've said this a million times. Had it not been for the Marine Corps, so much of my life would would have been a mess. Right. And, you, you know what I mean? You love being in the Marines. You, when you're in the military, you just, you know, you just get... <laughs> you get motivated, or that's it. You know, that's what I mean? it. You're so, right. you know. And, that, and that's always how I've approached everything. You know, Even I the, always the wanted Ramones to audition. Here's a funny yep. thing. Like, I uh, something uh, you guys probably don't know about. I, I love the discipline in the military, and I, I don't want to compare me being in the Boy Scouts to your Marine experience because <laughs> that would be ridiculous. But I love the whole thing. Dressing up, you got to be up early. You got to have your clothes yeah. folded. Order. The whole thing. I'm like the whole order of it. And my dad, you know, who was in the Navy and the Army, still had it. Every shirt in his drawer was folded like his life yep. was together he was in the shower at 4 30 a.m no matter what and the right. same, my father-in-law too was in vietnam his, his apartment is immaculate he's up every day you know it's like i love yep. that i he wish did, i could does, do that he doesn't go make coffee and then make the bed two hours later he <laughs> no, makes it oh, as soon as he gets you up. get up you make that fucking bed buddy you i like, that I like doing that <laughs> listen i'll tell you something if you if, if for anyone, anyone listening when you wake up in the morning make your bed you gonna it's gonna Motivate you for the rest of the day. Hell yeah. Make your bed as soon as you get up. You leave your bed unmade, then what's the rest of your day going to be like? It's going to be a mess. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, you, you love it, the Marines, right? It, it, it really does make a difference. Right. It really does. You know, they say once a Marine, always a Marine. You know, it's it's a cliche, but it's it's absolutely the truth. You can I cannot unlearn what they taught me, right. no matter what. I could not go back to being a shitbird. <laughs> if I tried to, I couldn't. Right. You know what I mean? I, I just, I now, just, I'm incapable of, of, of being the way I was before, and which, of course, is exactly why I went in. Well, when you went to the, uh, when you went to the first audition for the Ramones, you were uh, still in the Marines. Yes. And yeah. that, that, wow. that helps you, right? Because you, you know, uh, CJ shows up 15 minutes early. Nobody else is there, right? I mean, you, you, that discipline of the Marines actually helps you get through the, the, the mess that is the Ramones at that point. Not that you even knew that uh, about all the uh, crazy stuff yeah. that was going on behind the scenes, but, like, everything seemed kind of normal to you because you were just, you know, you were coming from the outside. But all that, that if you weren't in the Marines, you think you get the job? I may have gotten the job because I was... You know, I was definitely a, uh, a good bass player. You know what I mean? I was a, I was yeah. a good, solid bass player. But I just don't know if I would have lasted very long because, you know, Johnny was, uh, after what Johnny had gone through with Dee Dee, with, you know, drugs and, and, and Marky with alcohol and everything, he was just sick of the whole thing. Right. You know I, mean, I mean, that's he just one didn't of the... want to have to deal with it at all. And so... Had I not been in the Marine Corps, there's a good chance that I would have gotten into the band and fell into you know fell into some bad habits and and ended up you know not making it for for very long. But I went in and and believe me, I drank hard, I partied hard. But no matter how hard I partied, I was never late to lobby call. I was never late for a flight. I never missed a rehearsal. I never caused the band to miss a show. I had alcohol poisoning one time up in Canada. 
for two <laughs> nights straight. I puked my guts out on stage, but I played through both the sets. Yeah. And do you, while you're puking, do you remember like puking, doing push-ups in the rain and basic training? Or something like that? <laughs> <laughs> Screw that. This is but nothing. They're playing rock and roll. You know, this is nothing compared to that. Yep. So what's but this? That, you know, that's that's real. You know, you you hear about about guys from bands, you know, canceling shows for all kinds of broke dick reasons. I'm always like, oh my god, you know what I mean? I played on. I had a. Bro, I broke my wrist in a motorcycle accident, and still got on stage. Uh. Cut, Cut my cast in half. What? Which wrist? So that, so that I could take it off. It was I had a, um, Not a medic pick. on the site shoot me in, in the armpit in the nerve cluster with um, xylocaine to deaden, the, uh, to deaden the pain in my wrist and got up on stage and played. What the fuck? I What's, hope it was your left wrist. Yeah, what, what hand? No, it was my picking hand. Oh, what the fuck? Oh, now, my God. Yeah, when you show up to this, In Germany. When you, thank shit. God. Holy shit. About five, six songs into the <laughs> set, the barrier collapsed, and the, and the crowd rushed the stage. And they, <laughs> and they oh, wow. the stage. Were you dying? When, were you dying? Hey, listen, all the, for people who don't play bass or haven't played music, you don't, you got to realize... All these, all these Ramones songs are fucking downpicking. Downpick, baby. Yeah. It's, it's you know, to play those songs. and not play, Try playing them on the album, okay? That's one thing. Now go on stage twice and play as them fast. at least twice yeah. as fast. How do you, yeah. how, how do, you do it? Yeah. I can't, uh, you know, I played bass, and I, I, have, a, I have problems uh, downpicking through slow songs. Like, I, 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 my, my, <laughs> my right hand starts seizing up, you right. know, the muscles in your thumb and all that shit. How do you get past yeah, that? Yeah, CJ, I got crazy. All right. Yeah. So, yeah, so here's the deal. Before I played with the Ramones, I had ne I had messed around with a pick, but I never used a pick full time, right. and I never did the all down picking thing. Right. So, yeah, what you have to keep in mind here is five weeks out of the uh, out of the Marine Corps, I was going to do my first show. So I basically had five weeks to relearn how to play bass. So when I first started trying it my forearm would lock up right. like mad. Exactly. I mean, like really, really badly. So I got to the point where I, 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 I just look, I was like, there's gotta be a way to do this. If Dee could do it, I have to find a way to do it. So I realized that if I, if I played my bass low, low enough that my arm was fully extended and my mm -hmm. elbow was not bent. That's my trick. Uh, and then I rested the heel of my hand on my base, and it just took my forearm. It isolated my forearm. Right. So now my, uh, my forearm's completely out of the whole picking process, and it's just my wrist. Your wrist is a heck of a lot more flexible than than your forearm is, right. and and all of a sudden it and it was literally like an epiphany. It was like, that's it. That's it. That's it's, that's it's, the trick. It's hard to get, and that's why you, if you look at pictures of me playing live with the Ramones, my bass is the uh, low slung. Yeah, like the first <laughs> third of the bottom of my bass is on my kneecap. Right, right. <laughs> because, now, it's kind of having to relearn how to play it all together because you're comfortable right. playing it in one spot. And you don't want to. You don't want to break that uh, habit. Yep. And then once it starts locking up, it's like your brain is telling you you can do this. Why can't? And then your arm is like you. you it just yep. stops. It's just it just stops. The other thing that made it tough too is, I'm like I'm I'm built like a gorilla. Like my my knuckles drag on the ground when I walk. <laughs> I have really long arms, so I had to really sink my base low. To, in order for me to isolate my forearm, but it really, you know, in the end, like I said, it worked out really good. I, 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 I figured out a, a, a good method out, for man. being able to do all down picking.
CJ, you talk about the Marines. Uh, what's the actual story? Because it's like mixed messages that you were had to come out of the brig, or they, uh, or you were in the brig, or right. you had to leave the Marines. What? How, how did that transpire? So the, um, you know, initially they when I when I first got into the band and they were taking information from me to do um, press releases and whatnot, they had the idea that they would make it sound, you know. Wow. Good if they said that I went, uh, you know, I went UA or be, was a deserter, right. you know, just uh, to get the audition. Right. But that, in fact, was not <laughs> how not it how it actually happened. Right. Um, it, it had happened a, a while before I got into the Ramones um, that I had I had left, and it was you know I was home for a while before I ever auditioned, but it just so happened that as I was going, you know, as I was ready to go back and face the music, um, a friend of mine called me up and was like, Hey, the Ramones are auditioning bass players today. I was like, dude, I was like, that's great. I said, I, 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 you know, I'm, I'm heading back. And he was like, just go down, just go down. And I was like, nah. And then all of a sudden I realized, I was like, fuck it, I'm going to go down and meet the Ramones. Yeah, right. Right. If anything else, you don't get the job, you, at least you get to meet yeah. the fucking Ramones. It's, you know, yeah. uh, CJ, I wanted to so ask I, you. Uh, go ahead. I, I, threw, I threw my base in my pickup truck and I drove into Manhattan and um, they were having uh, auditions at uh, SIR Studio on 25th Street. And um, I was the first one there, first one to get there. And uh, I walked in, and Mitch Keller, their uh, their uh, drum tech, met me at the door, and he went over and got Monty, Monty Melnick. Yeah. Monty came over and asked me my name, and and uh, then he took me in, introduced me to the guys, and uh, Johnny was like, you know, what songs you know? Now I had never played, I wasn't, I didn't play in in cover bands, you know, when I was real young, yeah, but I was, you know, I was already in a in a band with its own songs and stuff the last the last band i had played in so i didn't know any ramon songs but i figured out i want to be sedated before i left and, you probably uh, knew uh more metallica songs at that point <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you and, guys uh, ready to play I, orion I, I said yeah i know i want to be sedated and uh we ran it down and then we were running it down a second time and joey came in i walked over introduced myself and uh and i left and i had no you know, I had no expectations to make it, so I'm sure I came off as really confident and relaxed, you right, know, right, yeah, but right. it was just that I didn't expect to get it. And Joey didn't so, come well, to the rehearsals normally, right? Even no, the, Joey, the whole time Joey you're in the band, rehearsed. Joey never rehearsed, because Joey, no. first of all, number one, you could the way he could blow his voice out. Number two, yeah. there's probably he's, you know, maybe not getting along with somebody. <laughs> and number three is like it's he's you know he's he's he, you know he sang these songs a million times. Why do you need to be right? There? I was going to say they're doing the same set list since <laughs> right. 1976. So. But CJ, conne connection question is uh, how much of a fan were you of the Ramones at all? Like, could you could you put that in some sort of like can you quantify that? Like how much did you... I had seen the Ramones a crap load of times before I ever got into the band. I was you know I was a fan since I was a kid. I you know because I lived in Queens when I was a kid, you know what I mean. So yeah. my my, uh, my cousins, I had older cousins who lived in Queens, but the the it's funny the when I really the first time I ever really heard them and like be you know was like holy cow was um I was probably twelve maybe thirteen and um 
we had moved out here to Long Island, and we lived in an, uh, in a wooded area. There was like a couple of acres of woods behind my house. And back in these woods, there was a um, an old estate that had burnt to the ground. So I used to go back there, and I would find, like, old coins and, like, all kinds of cool old stuff in this old burnt-down house. So I was back there, and um, and these two smoking girls, I'd come up the trail. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> and now this is, this is you know, the 70s. So, you know, the girl's got long blonde hair, and she's, you know, she's like very 70s, almost right. California look Headbands. to her. Headbands. I was like, say again? Headbands. Headbands. Like just yeah. tops. <laughs> those, those fucking hot so, thin headbands, yeah. So she comes over and she starts talking to me and she's like, you know, why don't you come over to my house? I was like, yeah, all right. <laughs> so I go to this girl's house with her. We go to her house. Her parents aren't home. We go into her bedroom. Yeah, baby. She, uh, she, she, um, she goes over to the, uh, the record player and she picks up a record and she goes, have you ever heard the uh, Have you ever heard of the Ramones? And she turns around, and I saw the record cover, and like I can see the scene happening so clearly even now, you know, forty something years later, and um, well, actually, no, more like thirty eight years. So, uh, uh, I was like, I, I think I I don't think I actually had heard them yet, and I was like, uh, no. So she put on the first record, and. Of course, you know, Blitzkrieg Bach comes on, and I was like, oh, my God. And then she sits on the bed, and she busts out a bag of weed and starts rolling a joint on the record cover, cleaning <laughs> oh, the seeds out and stuff. Yeah. And God so, bless the 70s. But, so this is all in the first day. I, I, you know, all in one day, I, I, I hear the Ramones for the first time. I smoke my first joint, and I kiss a girl. <laughs> all yeah. Wow. That's Woo. a good day. Did <laughs> your father Christ, ever tell you about the birds and the bees? That's, my, that's the ultimate. <laughs> the best. Uh, my ultimate fanboy story. <laughs> but it was... Um, but yeah, it was you know the, I was a huge fan. You know, it's, if you live in New York, almost right. everybody in New York is a Ramones fan. Come you on, know what I mean, it's if almost, you're not, there's something wrong with you. Yeah, exactly. I, the, one of the funniest things I heard was that you know, Didi. I, I, you could tell me if this is this is true. Uh, when CJ oh. said when Didi quit the band uh, or left the band or whatever. CJ goes, well, that's it. I'll never see another Ramon show. And oh he, yeah, he that's never, he never, the truth. He never did. I, I had, <laughs> he only played um, them. <laughs> when I had come home from the Marines, I immediately went to work. That was, I, I came home to help my parents out, um, and I had gone to work. I had gotten a job um, with a friend of mine, and um, we were driving. It was, I think, we were in the company truck. It was during work hours, and uh, the the state, the alternative station back then used to be WDRE. Sure, right. yeah, Screech of the um, Week. <laughs> you know, we used to we used to throw that on because occasionally you would hear the Ramones or or some yeah. you know the Sex Pistols or the Clash. For some reason, they would throw the punk those punk rock songs in with like the uh, new wave stuff. Yeah, I remember. Right. That. Yeah. Right. And. Uh, and uh, I remember the DJ coming on and saying that you know D.D. Ramon um, uh, released a, uh, a uh, you know put out a press release today uh, saying that he has left the Ramones to pursue a rap career. Right. And I Amazing. turned to my buddy as soon as those words came out of the radio, and I said, "I'll never go see another Ramon show. That's, they're not the Ramones or that D.D." Right, it's and amazing. you never did. You only you you never did see <laughs> yeah. another Ramon show. You only played with them. You fucking I lived the dream. Every single one of them. Unbelievable, that point brother. On. Congrats, but, um, dude. <laughs> cool. That's so awesome. That's he never saw another one. Yeah, <laughs> you only saw it from but the it stage. Was, uh, 
you know, like that's how, but that's how big a Didi fan I was. You know, I I love Didi. Yeah. You know, and, and it's, what's weird is like, all right, so he Didi leaves the band, and but he stays on. He writes a couple songs or three or four yeah. songs, and he uh, was he wasn't there for the auditions and stuff. But the, but but do you uh, you know you collaborate with him like in the studio? How weird is that for him to like be there and like you know was he around like telling you like hey do do it this way do it that way? He um. Um, he, ne- there was never any time when, he- when he actually gave me advice on how to play or anything like that. But the cool thing is, is, um, the process for, um, for getting ready to record a new record was, you know, once we all voted on the songs, um, all the demo tapes would get put onto a single tape and they'd be given to me. And my job was to figure them all out, learn the lyrics and the vocal lines, cause because um, Joey didn't come to rehearsals, and then I'd have to go to to the uh, the rehearsals. I'd teach Johnny the guitar lines, and then I would have to play and sing them. Right. So the the coolest thing was is I would get the demo tapes from Dee Dee with these letters, you know, and it, <laughs> and it would just be it would be Dee Dee playing an acoustic guitar, singing into like a little um, cassette recorder, you know. And it would be like, one, two, three, four, you know, and it was just like him with an acoustic guitar. And I would sit there and, and this is, you know, after I've been in the band a little while and just be in complete amazement that here I am sitting with a a demo tape made by Dee Dee, you know, and he would write a letter always with the tape and he would say, Hey CJ, you know this was the best I could do. Sorry, it's not real great, but you know you better get to work. And, uh, <laughs> Study hard. And, uh, I, I mean, I still have them too. I, I, they're like one of my most prized treasures. You got to release those, gone. buddy. Like a linchpin. Like he's teaching you the songs, then you have to go yep. to the band and teach them the songs. Yeah, and it's, it's like it's it's not so a, it's, weird, it's not like they hired you as a bass player. Almost like like it, they hire you as this guy who's like, all right, listen, the band's about to fall apart. He's, we need he's some a liaison. Kind of, yeah, we need, <laughs> we need somebody who with discipline is like some kind of glue to hold yeah. this th- thing together. Well, you know, I I gotta say, Daniel Ray really played a huge Hell uh, yeah. role in I, that in that um in that department. I mean, CJ, at one point, Daniel Ray was basically doing like the majority of all the dingers and the, all the finishings and all that kind of yep. stuff, right? Right. Yeah, and and uh, he would Daniel would come to the to the rehearsals. Once we learned the songs, Daniel would come to the rehearsals, and now they would get, now we would polish them. Now we would get the tempos down exactly exactly right. Um, you know, make sure that everyone uh, the part changes. We were all coming in, you know, at the same time on the part changes. Um, you know, and we and we would just start polishing them up. So that and that's that was Daniel's job. And he was masterful at it. You know, the guy's a really talented guy. I mean, you look at his resume, it's incredible, the people he's worked with. But he really had a lot to do with uh, with um, keeping the uh, the Ramones train rolling. He yeah, really isn't did. It, isn't it weird? Like, you come into a band and, like, they're all maybe kind of sick of practicing and stuff. And then, like, you're practicing, yeah. like, three times as more as anybody else in the band. And, like, you know. Oh, you're, yeah, you're, without a doubt. <laughs> without I, was a say- doubt. I mean, I... I I over prepared and over, you know, over rehearsed for everything I did with them. It was like ridiculous to how much I, how much I really, 
how much time I really spent doing it. And, you know, it, it's funny because we used to we used to always run down, you know, five or ten songs before we ran. We went up on stage. And to this day, before I go on stage, you know, I don't have those guys to do it with anymore. But I I. You know, I have my phone, my music on my phone, and I put my headphones on, and I'll run down like a bunch of Ramon songs before I go on stage. To this day, right. I still do it. Oh wow! It's you know, it's it's just one of those things. Like if I go up on stage cold without doing that, I, I always it always takes me a couple of songs to like kind of find my spot and and right. sure. and, and smooth it over you know but you know my friend uh jay levitt's uh I don't, I don't know if you know jay levitt's from endangered feces do you know like a he uh i don't think so. he, he tried out for the the bass player for the remotes right he's gonna be jay, really he's yep. gonna be jj ramon right so but, it, but whatever wow he uh he uh, they asked him to do commando and he counted it off in German. I figured he had the job right there, but it didn't work out. <laughs> <laughs> nice, 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 nice. You know, yeah. other guys we know like Furious George uh, tried. Yeah, you out. know George Tab, yeah, CJ. George Tab yep, tried out. Yep, I know George. I've heard that that he tried out. Yep. I know Phil Caivano from Monster Magnet tried out. Right. You know, Phil is the only one who even got a call back besides me. Huh? Oh yeah. Oh what? Oh, what was Phil the other the band that, that actually in? got callbacks? Oh, wasn't there another guy who was getting callbacks? I forget the uh, band he was. Oh, what the hell was the name of the band? I can't remember right now. So, CJ, I wanted to ask you: uh, Did you have a favorite in the Ramones? Did someone you get along with more than others? Like, I had a feeling it would be might be Joey, but uh, uh, you tell CJ me. CJ always takes the high road. I've seen reading. You know, Marky said a bunch of stuff about you, and you take the high road. And I, I don't know how you do it. You, you know, <laughs> you. I mean. The the uh, it's not even really taking a high road. It really like the stuff that I say is absolutely the truth. Like I don't have any bad memories with Mark. Like from right. in the band, me and yeah. Mark is the guy realistically who made the touring fun and and even possible sometimes because the he had a the craziest ability to make everybody laugh in the shittiest situations. Right. <laughs> he was re really that was like his his major contribution to the band you know outside of you know playing drums but um uh we got along we got along great and you know like every other situation you know, we we had arguments and stuff but yeah. nothing ever really crazy nothing ever uh nothing ever really serious um johnny my relationship with johnny was more like you know mentor teacher father figure type right. thing you know he would do with money i hung out with with johnny a lot and you know we we had a really good personal relationship you know the uh the um I was one of the me and Gene Frawley, um, who was Johnny's kind of right hand guy um, over the years, and is my manager now. Um, me and Gene were two of the last people that Johnny requested to see before he died. So you know, we would. I mean, we, that, I was that must have been nice. Johnny. He, he, I was, and know. I got to. I actually got to say goodbye to Johnny. We we both knew it was going to be the last time right. we mm. saw each other, and uh, he told so me I had you the did a good job. Right? Say goodbye, which he, was great. I mean, uh, um, you, you're sitting there, and uh, you know it's the end, and Johnny tells you uh, you did a good job. I mean, you know, that's yep. pretty much all you're going to get out of him, probably. But, I mean, yep. that's got to mean a lot, you know? So yeah, absolutely. And, you know, the 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 thing that you got to it's – a, it's a tough thing to, to explain because, one, I was a huge fan before I got into the band. Two, I developed a close relationship with a guy – Three, I respected the hell out of him. You know what I mean? So yeah. it was such a bizarre 
such a weird situation. Like, very few people you you ever have that type of relationship with. And I don't mean like, you know, I met somebody famous that I really liked, and I, I, I talked to him a couple of times. Like, well, you know, like when you actually live with somebody who you respected and idolized, and then suddenly you're like in arguments with them, and, you know, you, you deal with them on a one-on-one basis, almost like family, it's a very hard thing to get used to. It's a, it, you always feel like a, like, like torn between the different roles, you know what I mean? Right. Like there were times when I want if he was anybody else, I would have punched him in his face. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Didn't Joe, Joe, didn't Joey take a swing at you one night? Joey took a swing at me once. Oh. Yeah. Which, but which, Joey, see, Joey, I wouldn't punch in the face no matter what. Right. You know what right, I mean? Right. We, Joey, I wouldn't. I would never take a swing at no matter what. Oh, so let's but, face um, it. I mean, you can kick the ass of any Ramon, <laughs> past or present. You know. <laughs> uh, but, so did, I was going to ask like you, Johnny. Johnny would like when he got upset, like he would get in your face. Yeah. You know what I mean? Joey would never get in my face. Joey, you know, I don't even know if me and Joey ever had words on anything. There were a couple of times when we had disagreements. Uh, you know, of opinion, but I don't think we ever had words. But a couple times, Johnny like got in my face, and I was like, "I'm gonna fucking punch Johnny Ramon." <laughs> <laughs> you know, right. you have to realize like it's not Johnny from the van for the past six months. It's like I'm gonna punch, I'm gonna knock Johnny Ramon right. from the Ramon. I'm gonna knock this wise ass on his ass right now. <laughs> but, God. but the but the good thing about it is is that like, you know, I I I, I always w- was able to. To you know, keep myself reined in and and always you know remember like why he was the way he was and why he would come after me on stuff like that. And it was just because you got to look at it this way, right? Johnny's in a band with Joey, you know, who who suffered from mental illness, plain and simple. Right. Yeah, you know, I mean, the guy suffered from mental illness. I'm not going to try to make it pretty. Mark, who was a uh, alcoholic, and Dee Dee, who was a drug addict. Yeah. You know what I mean? So he worked to keep a band of misfits going on his own pretty much for a very long time. Right. So once I got into the band and everything mellowed out, his biggest fear was that it would degrade back into that. Huh. Yeah, so yeah. anytime I did anything that was even a minor fuck up, he would immediately jump on me for it. You know what I mean? He would immediately yeah. get on me because he didn't want to see me slip. He didn't want to, you know, go back to the way things were. Right, and, and that's, that's one what of the, I always like, had to keep uh, in mind. One of the first you know questions, I mean? one of the first questions Johnny asked you was like, "You have a drug or alcohol problem?" Right, he didn't want exactly. to like, listen. He, exactly. He, he didn't one want to of go the first through. fucking questions he asked me. You got any problems with drugs or alcohol? I was like, right. "No, no problem." CJ, one of our uh, co-hosts here, our buddy Hairdo, who's not here tonight, is a huge fan. Him and I just recently went out to L.A. and we went out to Johnny's grave out in California. Just curious, have you ever been out there to that grave where G- uh, Dee Dee and Johnny have been buried? Yeah, yeah, I was I was there the year that they uh dedicated the uh the statue. But I was I was actually there a couple of times. Um uh for for the parties that uh that Linda threw for him at the uh at the graveyard. Hey, how, the last how, one how, I was at um uh Tommy was there and uh and I got to spend some time with Tommy, so. Right. How's Linda? Yeah, how's Linda? Again. How's Linda? I have. I don't know. I don't <laughs> no, have I all know. that much. The best one. The best. I don't have contact when, with anybody. Um, from the I'm referenc- referencing much. a story when you when you first jumped in the van and like uh, you go. How's, oh my god! How's Linda? And no one says anything. And you're like, oh, you think that Johnny doesn't hear you? So you're like, how's Linda? Again? Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, no one yeah. says uh, anything I, again. I, and <laughs> and, and you know, I had no idea. 
Like, I literally had no idea, no clue. I, I'm not the kind of fan where I like to know about the guy's personal lives right. and, you know, you know, what's their favorite food. Like, I've never been that kind of fan. <laughs> All the bands that I've been a huge fan of, I never gave a fuck about their personal lives or, you know, you know what kind of fucking shoes they wear. I, I never cared about any of that stuff, you know. So I had no idea about the, the whole story with Johnny and Linda and Joey. And it was a totally innocent thing. I had been at Johnny's a couple of weeks before that. Um, I think, I think he brought me over there, brought me to his place because he wanted Linda to give me a a bowl cut. And, uh, you you know, so I jumped in the van. I hadn't seen him a couple of weeks. I was like, Hey, how's it going? You know, how's Linda doing? And and all of a sudden it just got deathly quiet in the van. Uh And I was like, I immediately knew. I was like, oh, man, thumbs up. What's the back? And then later on, Monty called me out of the van and he's like, you don't have any idea about Linda and, and Johnny and Joey? I go, no. I go, well, how, why would I know that? He's like, everybody knows that. I go, Mon- I have no idea, Monty. And he, and then Monty told me the story. He, I mean, he didn't tell me the details of the story, but he told me, you know, Linda used to be Joey's girlfriend, and then she left Joey for Johnny. The KKK took my, my baby, baby away. away. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so I was like, oh, Shit, that that sucks. He's like, hey everybody, I'm the new guy jumping into the van. How's everybody doing? You know, what's up? Yeah, that's funny. But you know what? Johnny never said anything to me about it. Never brought it up. Joey never brought it up. Nothing. Quick question, CJ. What was it like playing KKK like on stage every night? Was there ever like anything behind it when those guys would you guys play that song or just like Johnny loved the song? Right, right. Johnny loved the song. He thought it was great. <laughs> because Johnny really seriously was just about great songs. Right. That's it. He didn't care what the, what it was about. The only song he ever did not like because of the lyrical contact content was um Bonzo goes, Bonzo goes, goes to Bitburger. Bitburger. Right. And he great still song. played it every night because he knew it was a good song. Right. right. Didn't they change a title because of Yeah, my brain yeah. is hanging upside down. Yeah. That's a Yeah, yeah. You know, exactly. that's one of those uh, the Ramones came up with a couple of fucking love that song. Um, really melodic kind of jams and that's one of them that like is like kind of unRamonesy, which is just a great song. <laughs> yeah. Song yeah, Didi. Right. Yeah. Dee guys, un- unbelievable songwriter. Did you have a favorite song that you played? Like, it was one you were always looking forward to, like coming up in the set list, or no? Um, you know, Warthog, of course, was sure. always you know <laughs> one of my favorites. I always liked the heavier stuff back then. I was really, really into the heavier stuff. But you know, it's funny enough. Now, the older I get, the more I appreciate "Baby I Love You." And, yeah, great song. Right. You, you know, know, all the more melodic stuff. But um, uh, I used to like. Uh, you know, Bonzo goes to Bitburg. I used to like to play um, Animal Boy. I used to like a lot. I used to try to get, uh, you know, get them to throw some new stuff in every now and again. You know, I I always wanted to do Outsider. So finally, one time, Johnny agreed to do it, and uh, it just didn't come off that great. Yeah, the, the strumming pattern was was not, you know, just eighth notes you know played at hyper speed. So uh, it was just kind of awkward the way the whole thing came off. CJ. But, um, I'm a huge fan of uh, Strength to Endure, man. You kill on that track, man. There's so many great Excellent. songs later in, later in your career that was really great stuff they were writing in the end there. There's a what, what's the album you hate, CJ? There's one that you like you can't stand, right? Oh, Local Live. Local Live. Like, <laughs> oh my god. It sounds like shit, right? 
Oh my God! It not only does it sound like they shit, retract but the drones live on it. Yeah, <laughs> really. Everything is overdubbed. Everything, and the and the 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 worst thing about it is even the hi hats and and snare and cymbals are overdubbed. Huh. Right? Who overdubs drums? It's like that, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> well, top does. this is right. this is what happened with that record. Our manager had a, a guy that he was friendly with, and and was doing a favor for and gave this guy the job of producing that record. Never heard the Ramones before. So, yeah, not not a Ramones fan. And this is how I knew oh. very quickly. It's called so research. We go, we, we go in, and I'm not always the most um, pleasant person when I first meet people. I, <laughs> I, I like to hang back and check them out. And right. When it came to the Ramones... You know what I mean? Like, I was always leery of everybody that came around the band. Always was. Right. Um, and everybody so I was, I was just hanging out, and, and I think he was trying to feel me out. And, and, and he just, like, he made this weird comment to me. He goes, um, uh, yeah, you know that, that one part where you're singing, you know, what, what I want, what I want. I go, what, what song are you talking about, man? And all of a sudden, I realized he was talking about Warthog. Right. Oh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. We sang Warthog. With, we had Richie on the show. And we, oh, yeah. We, 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 oh, made him, awesome. we, we made him sing it with us. Cause <laughs> yeah. You, gotta, you still yeah. Gotta, you get along? Uh, he, you know, I, I feel like Richie kind of gets, like, stiffed to a certain extent. Like, One of like the best drummers ever. Sometimes and stuff. But, you know, to me, Richie, like... That was like a comeback period for the Ramones, right. you know. Yeah, pretty much. You know, pretty much. Uh, Road to Ruin, to me, is the last great record side for side. Right, right. That's like the last, and it's because it's the last one Tommy was involved in. Yeah, but it, um, you know, at end of the century is the first record where it's like the production starts taking over. There's the horns, there's trumpets and stuff. At, there were there were some good songs on the record, but the oh, yeah. production killed them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, that's the beginning of like just a, a streak of mediocre, you know, crap, pretty much. Right. And it was you know moments of greatness on the records, but a lot of filler right. until Too Tough to Die. Right. Yeah. Too Tough to Die is like a comeback record. Tommy's involved again. Ed Stasium's involved again. Richie is there. All of a sudden, it's a mean record. And Richie brought like an aggression back to the band. Absolutely. His, his drumming is just so like solid, you yep. know? And um, I felt like, you know, he was, you know, he was definitely responsible for getting Dee Dee, you know, uh, reinterested in the band. You know, you could see that him and Dee Dee are like, Really hitting it right, and um, locking up as they say. So rhythm yeah. sections locking yep. up. And Richie played yep. fast, and you know Richie, uh, you know, sang aggressive. Dude, the, the drum line to somebody put something in my drink, fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the hi hat, smash you, yep. smash you, yeah. And Rich, you know, we had Richie on, uh, and we brought up Marky. He like he was like uh, he almost hung up. I think. <laughs> really? He goes, uh, "What did he say?" He goes, "I don't care. I don't care. Any. I don't. I don't want to talk about nothing. Marky does. I don't care what he does or something like that." Right. <laughs> He's yeah. Stuff. Yeah. <laughs> but you get along yeah. with Richie, right? I mean, you. I saw. You, yeah, yeah, yeah. You promoting you know, something? I had never doing? even met Richie until um, I think it was 2012. Mose Wright was having its 60 year anniversary in Nashville. And um, 
me and Richie both were invited, and uh, we were both there. And, uh, you know, we we just started shooting the breeze and stuff. And, and uh, I told him, I said, you know, man, you're like the only person in the world that can relate to my posi- to what my position was right. in the band. <laughs> and he was like, he was like, yeah, he's like, I know it wasn't an easy one, right? I said, yeah, but you know, we actually got on stage and played a couple of songs together, so it was it was pretty cool. And we, you know, we I actually reached out to him not too long after that and said, hey, why don't we go out and do some shows right. together? But Makes sense. he had just re- finished recording um, uh, entitled. Yeah. And uh, had his band together, and he was like, ah, "I got, I got my uh, own stuff going that'd on." That'd be pretty cool, like, though. Ah, that's cool, no problem. That'd be a cool deal if you, you and Richie went out. Yeah, maybe at some point, but you know, right now, I kind of have my my um, my my long term plan set up, and and I'm trying to get five albums out before I retire, and get my book done, and be done with everything by 2020. Because 2020, I'll be 55. All right, so let's look into go. the future. What's the book? Oh, uh, the the book is uh, it's it's about my life from the beginning all the way up to the the Ramones retirement. I'm already like 300 pages deep in it. Wow. Oh yeah, wow, dude! Um, I would um, love to read that. And you, you know the the cool thing is is my perspective on the Ramones is so unique to, compared to everybody else and all the other books that have come out because you know uh, Mark and Richie both were kind of like peers. To Johnny and Joey and Dee Dee, right. you know what I mean? Yeah. They were they were both kind of like equals in the in, in the band as far as like age goes and and coming up in the scene and everything. You know, my perspective is very different. My perspective is I was just a fan who you know, right place, right time. My and my experience was a good one. My experience is a pleasant one. You you never hear me talk shit about uh, about. Uh, anybody in the band because I balance everything out against the the my overall experience. You know, with their shitty situations, like I said before, where me and Johnny got into you know uh, got into arguments, or me and Joey got into arguments. Yeah, but you'll never hear me say he's an asshole or right. he was a dickhead or no, listen, you know what I, I mean. I've read I, I've I read a hundred interviews. I haven't I haven't seen you said you know anything. And no matter what anybody said about you, you never really. Uh... Did it back to them, which is... Yeah, you know what, brother, I'll tell you the honest truth, man. So much of it is about, like, creating controversy and trying to get more press for yourself or trying to make the other guy, you know, rip the other guy down to prop you up. You know what I mean? And, you know, I don't have to rip anybody down. My... What I've done stands on its own. Johnny and 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 Joey and Arturo Vega and Danny Fields and, and Tommy... Those guys told me what my contribution to the band was, and 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 you know right. what I meant. To and the that's band. why you don't care about the rock and the hall of fame or any of that crap. <laughs> and, right? the, and the fans, and the fans. Yeah. Those are the those are the opinions that count the most. Listen, Everybody we all, else, everyone in this room. Breath, I'm really not interested. And dude, I've been I've been cut down by in in Rolling Stone magazine in in a review. The guy was like, "Oh, he sounds like the singer from uh, um, Steppenwolf." I was like, wow, if that was meant to be an insult, you really yes. blew it. Steppenwolf like, rules. Like, <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> I, like, I, I've, I've definitely taken a lot, you know, been given a lot of shit by a lot of people, but it really don't mean anything to me. I, the, all the opinions of the people that count have already been put out there, and, and I have no 
you know, no problems with anything I did with the Ramones, and I know exactly what I did for them. You but, were in the fucking Ramones. <laughs> you were in the Ramones. <laughs> you were such a Ramone. Even when I, when I first got into the band, when I you know on our first tour over in Europe. I got brutalized on stage every night, and I mean, I got oh, yeah. hit with handfuls of did you, coins. Did you expect boots. that? Yeah. Did you I got kinda... hit with bottles. I got my fi- my lip split with a boot. I mean, what? I really took like a major, major beating Ugh. some nights. But I walked out to the end of the stage when we were in England in between songs, grabbed my crotch and said, I fucked the queen in the ass. I gave them so much shit. I <laughs> oh! spit back at them, everything. Because as far as I, I didn't give a shit, I was in the remote. Who cares a Rock and Roll Hall fan thinks? Who cares a Rolling Stone thinks? Fuck everybody. I'm in the Ramones. The fans yep. love me. And that's it, man. Everyone in this room, the Ramones, I, I would say... Almost everyone in this room, most important band in my life, the most the, our favorite band, and the most important yep. band probably in rock and roll in my life. Yep. In in the most important band in rock and roll in the past fifty years. Agreed. And you're a huge Absolutely. part of that. And and you you did it right. You didn't you didn't fuck around. Yeah, I, try, I you know I the the smartest thing that I did, and I didn't even realize it was being smart at the time. It was just doing it the way you know that that I. I yeah, you the did only it. way I knew how. Honestly, was I never tried to be Dee Dee. I never tried right. to take Dee Dee's place. I didn't even think of that. The way I approached it was, I got hired to do a job, and I'm going to do it as best as I possibly can. I don't want to be the guy that makes the Ramones look like shit. Right. That's I can't be that guy. Yeah. And that's why I just went out and did it as hard as I possibly could and as as good as I possibly could. And that's why, like I say, now I, I have no problem with it. I, I really, I, and even if I had sucked, I was doing my best. I really was. There, were, yeah. there wasn't too much else I could have put out there right. that, I, that I hadn't already put out there. <laughs> and we so. thank you for that. I do, I do have a quick question. I'm an operating engineer. You were an operating engineer down oh, at yeah, Ground Zero? Oh, right. yeah. What, you, work, uh, you work in a, a plant or you run I machinery? Work, no, I work in a plant. I'm stationary, yeah. Oh, high pressure steam or package units? Uh, I got a. Uh, what, what do I got? I got four uh, steam turbines, steam turbines, what they call them in our industry, and yeah. then, uh, two elect two two four hundred ton electric uh, machines, and we nice. run the steam. It's low pressure steam. You know, it's one hundred fifty yeah. pounds, one hundred seventy pounds. Not high you pressure. You got your license? I got uh, my re- reefer license, but not the high. Oh. Pre- I don't have no high pressure time. You have yeah. it? Yeah. You That's ha- the one to have. No, no, I, I, I was a mechanic. I was. I never got my license. Oh yeah. So, I went to school and all. I just never. I never passed right. the test. So what? You passed your? Oh, you didn't pass your reefer exam? No. Oh, well, I didn't even. I didn't even bother. We. I went. The building that I went to <laughs> so had good. package units. Right. I was on Fifty Second and Broadway. Right. Okay. So I'm not so far. And from uh, the whole the whole building was package units, and I, I was like. There, there, there ain't no sense for me to do anything, and I was already getting mechanics pay, so I wasn't busting my ass. Yeah, you know, and what, what are you gonna do? Uh, pass a test for three dollars more an hour? Fuck you. Who yep. cares? You know? Yep. <laughs> yep. I just thought there was a, yeah, me and CJ got a bond right now. You guys are out. <laughs> you yeah. just yeah. did. Yeah. Can we, can no we, one in this yeah. room knows has any idea what yeah. the fuck we're nope. talking about. I have a fair idea. <laughs> reefer, reefer license. I have a reefer license. Yeah, well, that's they call yeah. it. You know, I passed yep. my reefer. I, Test, you, uh, how do you like going up on the cooling towers in the winter? Oh man, I don't go up there. I send the mechanics <laughs> like you up there. <laughs> you know what was awesome was when I worked at Fifty Second and Broadway. 
I was right Sounds there, like right up the street from Times Square. And because I was a low man on the totem pole for, uh, for uh, you know, on the whole crew, I worked every New Year's Eve when I was over there. Oh, yeah, So yeah, I watched yeah. the ball come down every right. year. Was, oh, that's cool. Was, I used to go up on the roof. Have a have a have a, a lady friend come up and bring a couple of tall boys. We'd <laughs> nice. sit up down on the roof, suck down a couple of beers, watch hey. the ball drop. Dude, I've been have to my job <laughs> for like thirteen years. I'm still the fucking low man. There's like a hundred guys. Yeah. Nobody fucking nobody leaves, leaves brother. They, nobody nobody leaves. leaves. They all got four weeks vacation. Nobody leaves. They leave and they die two months later. Yeah. Nobody fucking leaves my job. I can't bid on a shift. It's a fucking yeah. nightmare. I want to kill myself. <laughs> I want to kill myself, CJ Ramon. <laughs> CJ, where, where are you? Are you in Manhattan? Uh, yeah, I'm on 65th and uh, Broadway. CJ, I work three blocks right. away from you. I'm at Lincoln Center. Who cares? Probably I'll be sad. Oh. Hey, John. Oh. It's, out. it's out. CJ, we had a breakthrough. I work in the basement of Lincoln Center. The Central <laughs> oh, Mechanical my God. Plant. We had a breakthrough. Central how many, Mechanical Plant. How, how many years did I work three blocks away from you, and I probably stood behind you in line at A&K Deli and didn't even know it was <laughs> you? You probably did. Yeah. You probably did. <laughs> yeah, CJ, yeah, you know, that's the, the best thing. thing is CJ is, looks like a tattooed, um, like, you know, regular working dude, you know, which is what he is. You wouldn't even recognize me, probably. In my uniform with a shaved head, you probably wouldn't even recognize me. Right. Any, any other your coworkers will be like, hey, uh, I, you, I heard you find hey, I found out you're in the Ramones. Like, you know, what is that, some, like, fruity band shit or something? You know? <laughs> yeah. You know, funny enough, now, um, one of the guys that was a security guard in my building, he still stays in touch with me online. He's a huge fan. Right. But it's, um, yeah. I was, what happened was I was working down at Ground Zero and the company that I worked for got grandfathered into Local 94 because we were doing, um... That's our sister union. I'm a Local 30. Right. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. Um, but we got, we got grandfathered into 94 because what we were doing was, um, uh, you know, when the towers went down... All those surrounding buildings, everyone just ran out, and they never shut their intakes down. Right. So all of that shit got pulled into Ugh. everything in the buildings as far as air supply goes. Our job was we were crawling through the ductwork with HEPAVACs Holy and vacuuming shit. out all of that toxic oh, dust from dude. inside the inside the, uh, the ductwork. And then, of course, we had to scrub down all the, um, uh, the fan units and everything, too. So, you know, we would... We were doing a, it was a pretty nasty job. So local ninety four just grandfathered us all in. So as soon as they did, I wanted to get away from that company. I just started going to school right away. Yeah. And then once I started going to school, I just you know started asking around. Hey, you guys need a helper in your building? And and eventually I got into a building and I got out of uh, working down at the site. Oh man, that's that's crawling through the ducts and 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 vacuuming dust and scrape. That that sounds like the worst. Yeah. Fuck that noise. And, brother, let me tell you, we were in there with negative pressure masks, no fresh air supply, no nothing. We, I'm part of the 9-11 um, uh, monitoring program, the health monitoring oh, program. Oh, yeah? Right. Yeah. So the, yeah. the drug act, you know, all that stuff, that's got to piss you off. And you know what, brother? The way I looked at it, I looked at it then, I still look at it now. All the years that I partied and had a good time in Manhattan and all the shows that I saw, all the people I met, all the fun I had, I was like, I just felt like I got to go. I got to pay something back. You know what I mean? Right. And, right. and, and like my, my old man too, who's local 94, he worked, he worked in the pit directly after it happened. Cause he was, he's an engineer down at the FBI building. Oh yeah. So 
my, my, my dad was. So it, when that first happened, you could not get into lower Manhattan unless you had a reason to be down there. And cause right. he had his, he had his, um, security pass for, for the building. He, he was able to get down there. So they asked him to volunteer for the bucket brigade. So my old man was down there from the get go. He, of course, now he's got, uh, asbestosis but Shit. but shame, um yeah. we were both down there you know so i got i got i got um i i got into the uh, monitoring program cuz i i started developing uh some lung problems but thank god knock on wood it it hasn't gotten uh you know i haven't gotten any you know positive results on any tests uh, nice thank god man it's rough man it's a, it's a rough rough spot yeah, but listen. Yeah, was, any, anytime, it was crazy, man. Anytime it was you want, crazy. anytime you want to come, uh, come to Queens and have a beer with me at the garage, and we'll talk shop is fine with me. Yeah, all right. <laughs> <laughs> Play some poker. You, you know, know, I never worked in a in a building with a, a high pressure steam. I never, I never worked on uh, steam turbines. All right. But, so what they say is like the high pressure steam. If you have that license, you have steam time. They call it or and, and right. so now you dual license. What they say, right. hey, you write your own ticket. You're right, yeah, you're on ticket. Yeah. That's uh, beautiful. It's beautiful. Who, who owns the building you're in? Which uh, company? Uh, I work for a, uh, I'm in Lincoln Center, so, you know, it's... it's a, Who's the management company, though? Uh, it's a, some weird non-profit, just Lincoln Center fucking... Oh, shit, so you, you're not... Uh, it's not like... Um, uh, what was? Uh, I have no idea who signs my check. I think the guy's name is Fred. <laughs> no fucking <laughs> yeah. idea. All I know is our hourly our hourly rate is way below the uh, normal hourly rate, and I'm getting no, harassed every day. If my boss is listening to this, stop harassing me. <laughs> yeah. All right, quickly. Uh, um, do you have a couple minutes for crap? Not crap. It's a quick game. I'll just name a band. You say whether they're crap or not crap. Okay. You ready? Spot. Easy yep. stuff. Frank Zappa. Crap. <laughs> New York nah. Dolls. Not crap. Metallica. Not crap. Foo Fighters. Yeah, see? Yeah. <laughs> Debatable. <laughs> Debatable. Debatable. I, I, li- I like them. I would say not not crap. All right. Deep Purple. Not crap. Rolling Stones. Not crap. Ted Nugent. Not crap. Definitely not crap. It's a good American. There we go. <laughs> Grand Funk Railroad. Uh, they had their moments. Fog Hat. <laughs> crap. Credence. Um, one of my favorites. Not crap. Nice. Sex Pistols. Yeah, not crap. Bob Dylan. Crap. Everly Brothers. Not crap. Yeah. Bad Brains. Not crap. Steely Dan. Crap. <laughs> <laughs> the Replacements. The Replacements, not crap. Yeah. Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. <laughs> Go ahead. Crap him, crap him. I, no, no I, I, I like a lot of his early stuff, but it's he's okay. put out some real crap later on. I want to say I'm going to say not crap. I'll give yeah. him a pass. Oh, that's a not yeah. crap. Johnny Thunder's in the heartbreaking. Definitely not crap. Mm-hmm. Mock the hoople. Not familiar enough to really have an opinion, but if I go by the, the couple of songs I know, I'd say not crap. Kiss. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> it's a polar, it's a I know I'm going to kill a lot of people, but not a fan. Tough, <laughs> right? I mean, like, they have like five good songs. Like, and, it's for, for pretty yeah. much it. And you're entitled yeah, yeah. to not, your... not a fan. I, I never dug the makeup thing. I, it's just not my... <laughs> the whole thing is not my thing. Prince. Who? Prince. Prince? Yeah. Not crap. I, I'm, not, I, I'm not saying I really enjoy his music all that much, but the guy is fucking unbelievable. I, I, I never liked him until I saw a video of him playing with um, 
um, oh, George Harrison's son. Yeah. They did um, While My Guitar Gently Weaves, and he played a such an unbelievably ripping solo. It totally changed my view He's on great. the guy. He's great. I, I never knew he was he was a, a, such a great guitar player. I'm crapping, Prince, but you're right. Uh, <laughs> Velvet Underground. Velvet Underground. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna say not crap. Sonic Youth. <laughs> not crap. <laughs> wow, not crap. Because he's friends with him, I bet. <laughs> but he laughed. He Third, laughed. No, 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 no. It's just funny you said one of that those two together. I, ju- I yeah. try to juxtapose them really badly. Jethro Tull. <laughs> Jethro Tull, not crap. Yeah, yeah. baby. Yeah. Finally, oh, Mario loves you now. Yeah, Fleetwood Mac. <laughs> Uh, Fleetwood Mac, not crap. Crocus, crap. Television. I don't, I don't really know enough of them to to even have an opinion. I know they wanted Johnny's favorite band, so I'll say not crap. There we Gang go. of Four. Who? Husker Du. Gang of Four. Husker Du. Crap. Van Halen. Crap. The Clash. Oh, not crap for sure. Blue Oyster Cult. Blue Oyster Cult, not crap. Playing tomorrow. D.D. King. Blue Oyster Cult's playing tomorrow. Where at? B.B. King's. B.B. King's. At B.B. King's? Yeah, man. Actually, they have three shows they're doing uh, over the next few months. Yeah, they have Uh, residency. B.B. King's tomorrow night, yep. They, yeah. They got Long Island sh- Boys. Yeah, they got, right. the, yeah. they got the Shredder Kid in the band. All right, so yeah. now we're on, uh, on Kings. Let's go King Crimson. King Crimson. <laughs> that's, that's, you, now you're getting some crappy stuff. King Missile. That's that. To me, that's just like way over my head. Like King Missile. Don't know. King Diamond. <laughs> Not crap. <laughs> D.D. King. D.D. King, that's crap. Ah! Neil Diamond. Neil Diamond is one of the greats. Elvis. Elvis. Oh, not crap. Iron Maiden. One of my favorites of all time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Joe Walsh. Not the Eagles, just Joe Walsh. Joe Walsh is awesome. Eagles? Not crap. What about the Eagles? Crap. <laughs> yeah. See, we, big we're all in the same pile. <laughs> oh, boy. I think we did. That's crap, not crap. Woo! Yeah. CJ Ramon, thank you, yeah. CJ. Awesome job, CJ. CJ, one I more, hope, uh, I, I uh, two I more questions. Surprises for you in there. Who's the biggest asshole you ever met in rock and roll in your life? Like, you ever run into a guy who's the biggest dick you ever met? And you're like, fuck this guy. Besides, like, anyone in your band. <laughs> um... Let's see. Who is a real dickhead? <laughs> a real broke dick. Yeah. Oh, man. <clears throat> Let's see. There's got to be somebody I met who was, like, really super pompous or something. Um, Someone you, like, maybe thought you would be a really cool dude when you met him, and in the end he turned out to be an asshole. Something like that. You could think yeah. about an email to us. <laughs> no, I, I, anything I say about anybody, right? I, you know, I I don't say things in private. If I have something bad to say, Own let's it. see. Uh, let's see who was not cool. Uh, oh, oh, perfect one. Got <laughs> back. Joel and Turner. Dude, this is the craziest thing. 
Me, me, and me and Joey go to this celebrity pool shooting tournament. Right. right? Okay. So, go ahead. So, um, uh, we we go in, and the first game we play is against um, John Frusciante and Flea. Right. Oh, you right? won that. So, I hope. So we, you know, so we play against those guys, and we're hanging out and shooting the breeze and everything. And actually, John Frusciante, I had, that was the first time I had met him. Flea, I had met real early on when I first got into the band, and um, and uh, it was just kind of like a weird vibe, you know what I mean? I get, I he probably looked at me and was like, "Who the fuck are you?" But um. But uh, this night, like, we got along good. We were shooting the breeze with them. So I think we won. Joey and I won. Or we may have lost. Who the fuck knows? But the next team we played was um, Joel and Turner and Lita Ford. (laughs) Right? Which, you know, I figured playing against Lita Ford is going to be a treat. (laughs) Yeah, she's bending over the whole time or, you know, boots. Yeah. Yeah. But apparently, I don't know if, uh, I don't know. I think she probably had a couple drinks under her or something, and she was just, like, distracted and, like, talking to other people and blah, blah, blah. But something happened, like, during the game, and all of a sudden, like, Jolyn Turner started, like, popping off at me. And I, I was trying to figure out, like, what's up, and then I realized... Is this guy trying to impress Lita Ford? Yeah. You know, like, all of a sudden, I'm like, he's trying to knock that ass off, and he's trying to use me to make himself look tough. You know? Amazing. But he was definitely, and of course, you know, uh, I, I was just like, whatever. You know what I mean? The fucking guy wears a wig. What am I going to do? Uh, yeah. Break up. Break a pool pool cue over his head. You know? <laughs> this, yeah, this, this is the guy from Rainbow, uh, right? Yeah. Okay. No. All right. Tenor, okay. Man. Okay. <laughs> That's the funniest shit ever. Oh, <laughs> uh, dude, I was like, I'll put one on his chin, his wig will fly off, his career will be over. <laughs> <laughs> <You know? laughs> but it was, um, but it, it was really weird because I mean, I, I'm not like a huge Jolin Turner fan or anything like that, right. but you know, to me, always like, if you're like. If you're that accomplished in what you do, right, you, you know, you're you're famous, you got money, you know what I mean? You pretty much don't have a reason to be a dickhead. Right. You know what I mean? At that point, it's like, you got to figure, I got life pretty well figured out. I can relax and, yeah. and, you know, as long as nobody's giving me shit, I can be cool. But that's what I don't understand. Like, sometimes you see, you know, even like in interviews and stuff, you see these people, they got money, they got fame, they Everybody loves them, blah, 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 and they just can't help themselves from being a dickhead. It's like it's, it's almost like they, they get to the point where they're just like, you know what? I could say whatever I want to anybody, and it's not going to matter because everyone's still going to like me. Yeah. Like, that's the mindset they get into, right. you know? Yeah. Fuck and that. I, I, I don't know. I just – anytime anybody, any fan comes up to me, I always try to be as, as cool and polite as possible because – you know, and that's one thing I learned from Johnny. It's like these people make what you do possible, right. and that's how, what you have to think of when you talk to them. Yeah, that's man. how you gotta what you gotta remember when you when you you know how you treat them. They make what you do possible, so you gotta you know. Well, you, when we, they come up to meet you, it might be their one chance. So if you leave them with an impression that you're a dickhead, that's it. Chance they, to they dance. They're gonna have an opportunity to change their mind. You know. Right. 
And I'm not saying I, my record is completely clean. I'm sure along the way somebody caught me in, in a bad, you know. Listen, you're dealing with thousands and thousands of people. I yeah. met you in 95, and you were quite a dickhead. Oh, really? <laughs> Mario, you had a bad experience with CJ? Never, never. No, he's just kidding. <laughs> CJ, one more question to you. When you, when you take a crap, do you, do you stand up to wipe or do you remain seated? I always, no, I don't get up until I'm fucking clean. Yeah, baby. That's crazy. All right, TJ, yeah. thank you so much. Well, for, for, you got the long gorilla I, arms. I have long arms, brother. I like yeah. to <laughs> <That's> <laughs> my knuckles drag when I walk, so I can wipe my ass sitting down. I could probably reach over my shoulder and wipe my ass. <laughs> I could probably re reach over to Queens and wipe all of our asses. <laughs> <laughs> CJ, I mean, this, this, thank you for staying on the phone with us for so long. This is a real treat. One man. of the we're, best we're, interviews we've done in a long time. I mean, we're so excited to have you on. I really appreciate it, dude. I, I, I needed a break, man. I've been playing the Two, song, two Motorhead songs that I'm going to play. I've been playing them over and over for about six hours wow. straight trying to learn the fucking lyrics. Well, we won't reveal so, them, but on Sunday night, you know, this Sunday, this. right? Sunday at the Bar yeah, Sunday night. Barry Electric, you'll see the Motorhead yeah, tribute Electric. with CJ Ramon. Go see Ramon at the Barry Electric. On Valentine's Day, come it's on. a great little place yep. down in the basement. You're going to be an intimate, intimate freaking venue with CJ Ramon. It's going to be great. Not, not only that, uh, um... Uh, John Joseph from the Crow Mag, yeah. Dave yeah. Windorf, and and yeah. the rest of the guys from uh, from Monster Magnet are going to be there. Uh, Todd Youth, um, Goat Goat will be there. Um, Jesse Mallon, maybe. There's a, a whole shit ton of people Wait, that are going to be there. It's gonna say, be, it should be a really fun night, man. Did you say Goat? Goat, yeah. Goat, goat from Murphy's Law. Yeah. Goat. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah we know Murphy's Law. Oh, yeah. Todd. Right, Eric Todd. Garce, yep. 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 and Todd. Didn't we interview Todd? On well, the show? actually, wait, Goat's in the Misfits now, is he? Yeah, or, or he was. He is. Yeah. He is. Okay, yeah, Goat. Sure, sure. Go see that uh, Barry Electric. You know, I, I might come down. What time is that thing going late? Because I, I'll come down after work. Yeah, I think it's going late. It's yeah. probably. Uh, I think doors are at like ten or something. Right. Like oh, that. beautiful! Put me on the guest list. My name's uh, Tommy Rockstar. <laughs> 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 it's John Houlihan. I'll come Stop down it. after work. I don't give a shit. I'm fucking you know ready what? to go. I don't even. It's, come to think of it, you know, I'm not getting paid for this, and I, they didn't tell me where the money is going. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, you yeah, know, when you said put it, me right. on the get list, guest list, I was like, I wonder how many guests I got. And then I, f I figured, ah, you know what, it's a, it's, it's a charity event. Uh, I might not have any guests. Right, and now right. I'm thinking about it. Nobody said it's a charity event. Right. Uh, no, I'm happy to pay. I'll be, I'll be there. John Houlihan right. and C.J. Ramon. And uh, cool. by, by the way, C.J.'s album, uh, his latest album, his solo album called Last Chance to Dance. You get that at Frac Fat Records. FatRec.com. Yep, Fat Records. And they're working on the new one, and then it'll be out. When, when do you anticipate the new album be out? If we get it finished up in March, we're hoping to have it out by, like, June. Cool. That's close. Just in time for the summer. And I will be... Uh I will be touring in the States in uh, May, June. I'll be out on the road. We're going to start out in Texas. Nice. Work our way down to Florida and then head up the East Coast into Canada. So uh, look for me around that May, June uh, time slot there. My Facebook page, if you go to my Facebook page, I answer everybody's things myself. There's, I have no manager or right. support team that helps me out. If you go there, I'll, I've always got dates or whatever's going on posted up there. So nice. Or cjramon.com. Right. Go to CJ's Facebook page and like his Facebook page and you will see him post in all caps all day because he doesn't <laughs> yeah. give a fuck. Uh, you know, That's people, right. Why the fuck do you write in all caps? It's so annoying. It's like you're yelling all the time. But I hate wearing glasses, man. That's <laughs> it. That's it, CJ. That's Listen, it. CJ, I, I'm an all caps guy myself and it's because I'm 54, 
And I just like to, it's easier to read. Man, you don't understand. I wanted to talk about the Yankees. Mario's a season uh, ticket holder for the Mets, and he writes letters to the Mets in all caps about how he's getting screwed. (laughs) Oh, dude, I'm sorry. Across like Gilbert Godfrey. You following the Yankees? Yep. So, uh, yeah, Bird getting hurt's bad. Yeah. Yeah, I like that kid. I think that kid's going to be big. Yeah. Hey, Yankees got a couple years, man. Don't worry. Soon, yep. soon you'll be as as successful as the Mets. <laughs> yeah, we'll get there. We'll get there. You'll get there. See, Twenty-seven the, rings <laughs> from the bottom from the bottom of our heart. We'd like to say thank you for not only this interview but everything you've done for rock and roll. So thank you so much. All right, on. Thank, thank you, you CJ. A you guys were a good bunch of guys. Thanks, Thanks. man. So you're gonna call in again Thanks next week, calling. right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Call me if you got a slow night. Uh, <laughs> it's always a slow night here. Thanks, man. Good luck to you and your family. Thank you so much for calling in. Appreciate it, man. That's it. All right, fellas. Take Thanks, care. Buddy. Later, right. buddy. Later. Gabba, gabba, hey. Oh, my God. Yeah. CJ Ramon. Later, CJ. Thanks, Thanks man. Well, Holy shit, we just rocks. interviewed one of the Ramones. I just hung up on a Ramon. <laughs> nice. Right? Pretty nice. Let's give it up for that, guys. Come on. Yeah. 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 All right. Love, well. uh, uh, woolen glove, uh, knit glove clap. Yeah. I would love to uh, just take a moment to uh, say that, you know, I have all these notes written down, and we all do, and we all have an idea of how the interview is going to go. And you never know where it's going to go. And uh, that's kind of the beauty of this show is that it goes in places where you don't know where it's going to go. And it's most of those places are the dark corners of the greatest things that ever happened. Right. You, right. Don't, yeah, you don't that know what's going to be safe to talk about. And then it's yeah, I mean, I wasn't even going to bring up uh, the family thing. And then we, we ended up talking about autism for about right. half an hour, which way I thought was further a than I thought. great yep. conversation. Way so, deeper, way know. personal. He's a big advocate for Autism Speaks, and he marches every year. And he's uh, you have to be a big advocate when sure. your child mm-hmm. is born. Uh-huh. That, uh-huh. But I mean, how, how much did that guy fit in with us, man? Like, he totally would have fit right here in the barrage. Dude, right? I want to hang out with right. that guy every day. Except for his, I want to sit in a bar with him and yell at him about how Ted knew. Sucks. Yeah, that too. And All those stranglehold rules. I let that one go. I forgot hey, to tell he's him. He's a Marine. Come on. He's going to vote for Donald Trump. We should have asked him. But it's a free country. Oh, he he has every right to vote for him. I Correct. I didn't want to get into politics, but I did want to get his prediction on who would be the next president, but I forgot to ask uh, him. I'm glad you didn't. <laughs> John, what we forgot to tell him was where Joe Lynn Turner is from. Where's that? Hack and sack, hack, 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 hack. We'll see you next week, everybody. I got to oh! piss. I, I, I've never. I'm gonna fight you to the urinal. Held a piss in so long. Same. Wait, we're ending the show. Yeah, yeah dude, we got no more time. It's 25. The show goes off. By the way, we have families to go home to. The show automatically goes off. Me and Conan have figured it out. The show automatically goes off at 11:30 every night. And if we end the show at 11, I will play music till 11.30. This way, me and Brian okay. Musikoff don't have to fuck around with the Excuse computer. Excuse me. That was my suggestion years ago. And, and wait, wait. And John, I'll gladly fuck around with the computer, but I have to learn how. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, I got to piss in my pants. I'll see you next Later. week. <laughs> Holy <laughs> shit. Who do we got next, next week? week? Next week, we got we got Jennifer O'Connor. We got um, uh, uh, Bob Barker. Holy shit. I can't Alicia Wiener. Alicia. What? what? No, not Wiener. Hey, Pagoda. Weissner. Alicia. Alicia from fucking um, Martha. Martha's been Martha Holy shit, there's been lots of James. Oh, it's going to be a big week. Don't forget to look at the New York <laughs> go, Times. John, go, 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 go. 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 Oh, we'll Let, see you next week. Take a break. <laughs> you fucking bastards. Thank you, everybody. Appreciate it. Good night. I'm next. No, you're next.
Let's move on with our lab. I am on Facebook. Oh my god.